0: hello and welcome to too fast too forever there's all kinds of family we chose this one this is episode 74 two lane blacktop from 1971
1: i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by Chevrolet, the new 2020 Corvette. When you completely reimagine a car as iconic as Corvette, you get a beautifully sculpted mid-engine sports car that makes a powerful statement. Chevy, Chevrolet. Well, thank
0: you so much, Chevy. They do not make the Bel Air, the 55 Bel Air Coupe anymore. But here for this uh, Patreon, patron pick, Ben Milliman's pick for this lap, kicking it old school. Yes. That was the first one to respond. He wanted us to do two-lane blacktop. I think we, all, we we mentioned last week, I think, too. I think Nick wanted us to do this one, too, so this is kind of a twofer. Nick's still got yeah. his own pick coming up later, but this is a Ben Milliman special two-lane blacktop, a movie on the Criterion Collection. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I know. You said you didn't notice that it was a Criterion Collection movie until you um, went to go find it. Yep
0: this it had a long and we'll talk about it after the break but it had a very long history of getting to dvd because there's there's not a lot of music in this movie but there's a doors song included in here and jim morrison wouldn't give them the rights to reproduce (laughs) he gave them the rights was he still alive no but like when when they were trying to i think like or maybe it was his state his his estate or whatever but like when they got the rights to the to the song in like 71 or whatever like it was fine but that didn't include obviously like dvd rights and stuff like that and so that when they went for home video there was like this whole like legal Battle and it only finally came out in like 2007. So, like, it was basically unavailable for like decades. And it also got pulled. And I'll talk about this movie had a very strange, like, it's a cult classic for a reason, which is mostly nobody could watch it basically for a very long time. And it was a huge commercial failure at the time. But uh, people have found that afterwards, you know, Roger Ebert loved it. But we'll talk about that after the break. First up, extracurricular activities. Joe, what have you been up to since we recorded with Nicole and Mari for the Fast and the Furious Lap 6?
1: I just went to California last weekend. Hockey and beer. Hockey and beer and friends and food. Went to California because the Penguins were on a West Coast trip. They were in the middle of a three-game losing streak, which turned into a six-game losing streak. You know this, right? That I'm, like, cursed when I go see them. Do you know that? I knew that.
0: I didn't know that it still continued, but I do know that.
1: Yes. So, like, you know, I'm still doing uh, Sober Season, which was doing really well, but I was at the games, and if I go to the games, then I drink at the games, that's, like, double cursed. I saw them lose twice. Uh, We went to the Kings game, which was cool, because I got to go to the Staples Center, right, and they just had all the Kobe stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, everybody's, like, kind of still hype on the Staples Center right now. My one buddy from DC came out. Matt came out from Atlanta. We went to the Kings game Wednesday night. We, like, hung around on Thursday. Um, my buddy that lives in California met up with us. We went and got Korean barbecue, chilled in Anaheim. Oh, check this out. I didn't tell you this. One of my other friends, like I posted the picture that like, you know, we were at the game on Facebook and one of my other friends texts us that like lives in Boston. He goes, Hey, should I come to LA tomorrow? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, cool. See you guys tomorrow then. (laughs) And, and he... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's one of these kind of guys. So he just like showed up and like he's like, "Yeah, I land at like noon." I was like, "Cool. I didn't buy tickets to like the Friday night game yet, so like if you want to go, just like let me know." He like lands at noon. We like get really cheap tickets and we did some finagling. I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you the secret, but I'm not I can't tell everyone the secret. But we did some finagling. We wound up with really good seats and we went to that game then i left saturday morning started coming home and i had a layover in arkansas oh yes i heard about this you told me this this was a very weird experience the layover in arkansas arkansas has this airport it's is about as big as you'd imagine it is right like sure. 6 to 8 gates is it in little rock no it was like fayetteville and it was, like, the northern Arkansas Fayetteville airport. I don't know. I forget. But, like, I land there, right? And I've been, like, you know, up for a while now. I was partying. I saw a bunch of my friends. We had been drinking all night. I just made it to LAX, got got to Arkansas. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And this, like, airport has, like, rocking chairs in it. The flight attendants that were on my flight from LA, like, got out and were, like, chilling in these rocking chairs just sitting. <laughs> I'm not completely coherent at this point. And I, like, look up. I'm like, is that the same flight attendant that was on my flight? She, yeah, she's just rocking away. The whole thing, they had, like, one, like, convenience store place. They had an Annie Ann's pretzels and a bar. That Pretty was the cool. whole... Yeah, which I mean, it's better than like nothing, right? It, like, because I left from the small airport in New Haven, and that just has vending machines. But like, that's like a bus station. I get that. This was like a somewhere in between type thing. It's like I'm just sitting at this bar. This whole thing was just a very weird experience. There was like life size chess you could play. It like they wanted you to hang out in this airport, but there was it's also like a nobody airport in airport for no reason. Yeah, it felt like, it felt very like homey, but at the same time, I'm like, who's coming here? There's nobody
0: in this airport. Is this like the Cracker Barrel of airports? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's a great way to describe it they had like some weird kind of like art i guess to lay it out for you there's one men's bathroom and it has three stalls in it in the entire airport yes but at the same time like it has like really high ceilings so then you know we're we're, you and i were talking there's like coronavirus times going on Hmm. so i'm like oh man i like you know like i close out and i'm like i'm not gonna miss this flight right like there's like nobody gonna be here i can see that the airport's fucking dead i close out like walk to my gate like i'm gonna go pee first before i get on the plane i messaged you and I was like there's three people at this gate right now and I'm one of them it was just like this tiny ass flight these two ladies in front of me like made friends and they were, like, complaining about their daughters together.
0: Wait, so how big was your plane? You were flying from L.A. to Arkansas to Philly to New Haven, right? So this is yeah Arkansas to Philly. So this is, like, a tiny plane. No, I mean, these weren't, like, propeller planes, but they weren't huge. They're, like, two and twos. Have you taken a propeller plane? Because I've taken one. I've
1: taken a couple. It's, it's weird. It's very weird and very frightening. No, this was a jet. It, it was two and two. I've been on okay. jets that were two and one. You know what I mean? Like, two on one side, one on the other. So yeah, it was yeah, yeah. bigger
0: than that. It was just very fucking weird. It was just, like, a weird time. And, like, I got home, and I was like... So was the plane, like, empty? Yeah. So it wasn't like they were stopping there and picking people up. Like, when I... Yeah, when I flew to um London to visit my friend a couple of years ago, like, the plane was still going through to India. So, like, it was India Air or whatever, and so, like, they stopped in London, they dropped people off, and they picked people up. So it wasn't, like, one of those. It was just, like, a, this is, like, everybody off, and then we're adding, like, the five or six people onto this plane. Yeah,
1: like, people got off in Arkansas and, like, got out of the airport. I don't know what's there. I it, I don't know how real this is, but there was a bunch of stuff that was, like, University of Arkansas, Boars or something. Like, Razorbacks. razorbacks. yes. So, they had like a bunch of that stuff in the airport. But then again, you know, like you could be in the Philly airport and get flyers gear or whatever. So, I don't know how close it is or like
0: how realistic that is. You're just, it's the regional sports team, right? Because they're not near pro. And so, even if you're not near the school, you're still probably an Arkansas fan. And so, it's just the same thing. Yeah,
1: that's what I was thinking too. But this was like just a strange day. They have like a one moving walkway, but it's only like 30 feet long. It's like, why, why even bother? Yeah. So, like all of the things that were happening there, I was just like, I don't get this place. It felt like an airport that you would like see in a movie, like an indie movie, like an A24 airport, like an airport where like a couple would get divorced in, like the end of the relationship happens here. That's when they realized it at the Arkansas airport. That's what that felt like. Yeah, sorry, that was a long tangent about the Arkansas airport, but it was a very strange thing to me. For me, I usually only go through big airports. Like, we normally only go through, like, huge ones. Like, you're right, you're uh, right. Newark, you know, I go to JFK. Even if I go to Hartford, it's bigger than this, so... Yep. Strange.
0: I did not go to Arkansas since we last recorded. <laughs> I haven't really done much because, and I'm going to get into this in the next thing when we sort of talk about news and such, I'm, I've been lying low because I've got stuff planned, but I did go see The Invisible Man, which I thought was, mm. it, I wasn't sure if it was going to be good or not, because I think, you know, a horror movie coming out in February is like, ooh boy. And yeah, it's bad, right? The trailers didn't look good, but it stars Elizabeth Moss, who I think might be the best actor of the generation. Like, she's incredible. You know, it's directed by this guy, Lee Wanell, who directed Upgrade, which is this really cool action movie from last year or two years ago. You know, it's got stuff going for it, but it doesn't look good. And it turned out to be, and I'm overhyping it a little bit just because my expectations were low, but like, it's my favorite movie of the year so far. Damn. And it's my favorite new movie in a while. Like, Damn. it's a lot of fun. It's this great mixture of horror and sci-fi a little bit and suspense mm. and thriller and action and she's great. And it's just shot beautifully and man oh man. I think I do think a lot of it was that like I was like, I don't know if this is gonna be good or not. Like it had good buzz and had like a really high, you know, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and Letterboxd scores and everything. So I knew generally people liked it, but I was still like, can this really be good? And it was and I loved it. So I would say definitely see it. I don't know if you need to go see it in theaters, but see it. Uh, sooner rather than later, either you know on Blu-ray or VOD or whatever. But cool. Invisible Man, it's it's good. You know, it's a throwback to the Universal classic monsters. You know, the old timey 20s and 30s, Frankenstein, Dracula, all them. Ah. The OG uh, Invisible Man that I saw for the first time last year with Claude Rains is like the best one of those original ones too. So. Oh you know, damn. Okay. Yeah, it's really good though. I uh, I really really liked it. And there's a couple more coming up this week, and I do want to talk about that. So here, okay. The schedule for Too Fast to Forever is going to be a little weird. We're still going to put out one a week, but we don't know exactly what the schedule is going to look like because sort of unexpectedly, I am now going to Austin for almost two weeks to visit my sister and go to South by assuming that South by does not get canceled,
1: which is very likely, which is I don't
0: know, because they've said they said today as we record this Wednesday, March 4th, that they are not going to and you know we've been talking to Wes who lives in Austin what's weird about South by and weird in, like, in a cool way is that South by is not a traditional like kind of conference where everybody goes to like the convention center or in a Las festival Vegas, like it's whatever. not like
1: in like one park it's not like Coachella right. or something like it's that it's usually a all bunch of place. things in a bunch of bars like yeah, yeah so
0: there are there are lots of official venues and there are you know tracks for the conference speakers and for the film tracks and for the concerts and everything like that but at the same time you know, a band flies in there for a show, they play three or four shows in a week at just different bars, that they're just going to pop up here and there. And so really like a citywide thing. There's like clusters like downtown and in certain venues and everything like that. But I don't know that South... like Even if they canceled South By, the South By overall experience, I don't think would get canceled just because... You can't it's too like spread few... out. You can't yes. stop it.
1: Like what are you gonna do? Close down every bar that is there or something? Yeah. You know? It's like a
0: yeah. it's like a Silicon Valley like decentralized internet. Like everybody's doing their own thing independently. You know, once the ball is rolling, you can't really stop it. Like companies that pulled out, like Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and Amazon and all these different companies have pulled out and they're not sending speakers or anything like that. But there's so much other stuff they're replacing, they added new people, like they just added Chris Evans, Captain America's doing Oh damn. They're you know, giving a keynote or something. So like they're adding still big names. Uh, I just don't know what it exactly looks like. So, anyway, the reason I bring that up is because I'm going to be down there for a couple of weeks. So, I think the important thing, I guess, and this is not going to happen for a couple of weeks, is that we were going to do the new Vin Diesel movie Bloodshot the yes. week it came or like basically a week and a half after it came out, just like we do for the normal Fast and Furious movies. But that's going to come out while I'm down there. So, I think we're gonna do that as like a bonus like in addition to the one a week just sometime later this month we're gonna do that just as a special like friday drop or something i don't know when that's gonna be yet it's gonna be after i get back and i get a chance to see it well if you have nothing to do in south by if south by is like mostly
1: canceled you can go see it while you're down there I'm right going and i'm to also
0: it. i'm also gonna be in austin both before and after south by so i'm gonna have plenty of time to see it so i'm not you know worried about seeing it but in terms of podcast recording with you for two hours and editing and all the different stuff while talking about movies i want to bring that up that go see bloodshot if you want to keep up if you want to listen to that podcast without having things spoiled you know you're gonna have probably about two weeks between the time it comes out and when our episode comes out yeah so just advance warning go see bloodshot which i think comes out this weekend as this episode comes out i think i said it before but I, we're not gonna miss any weeks we've got an idea of what to fill in yeah this comes out we're gonna record our too fast too furious episode before i leave so we're all yep. gonna get there so still one a week just the bloodshot episode we were gonna do is gonna come out a little bit later got a bonus thing just wanted to say that and also why I haven't been doing anything cuz I'm like I'm going to be gone for 13 days oh, word. I don't want to do
1: I have to get mentally prepared before, like I leave a bunch. I'm glad that I'm like I'm regrounded.
0: Also, like this weekend, as we're recording this, uh, Mike Manzi and Chris podcast are both going to come over. We're going to record a Cage Club episode for the new Nicholas Cage movie. Chris is becoming a doctor, as we talked about when he was on the episode, mm-hmm. and he's got a couple weeks off. And I was like, hey, like you know, Mike's going to come down. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I'm like, if you want to hang out afterwards, he's like, I think I might just leave. I was like, that's totally fine because I'm going to be gone for two weeks, and if I can do nothing for a little bit more, that's fine too. So like, don't feel that don't feel nothing. pressured to. Stay, but if you want to stay, cool. You can hang out. I also do want to point out to our patrons I think at least as of the recording, at least two people have voted and two people have commented. The Mm -hmm. poll for this lapse patron pick movie is up on patreon.com. So you can vote for American Graffiti, for Death Race 2000, for Vanishing Point, or for the original Gone in 60 Seconds. Yes. So you can vote also on Twitter. Actually, the Twitter poll will be closed by the time this episode comes out, so you could have voted on Twitter, but the official, the only ones that were counting, Patreon. Help us pick what you want to watch, or what you want us to watch, what you want to watch with us, whatever. You know, I hope everybody had a great time at our family watch party that happened as this comes out, but has not happened... As we're recording this, so I'm sure it was great without a flaw, without a hitch.
1: I can't imagine anything we did like that
0: went off without a hitch. No, no, no. The only other thing that I want to say, and I don't even tell you this, but tomorrow as we're recording this, so Thursday, March 5th, we are kicking off our annual fantasy baseball league's annual march madness bracket
1: yeah these are always fun what's the theme this year did you so see, you last year we yet? did
0: life's simple pleasures and sleeping yeah. in one so we're just like you know what's the little thing that we we don't cherish enough like the world is a flaming dumpster fire and yeah. people are miserable all the time and so it was kind of like a ray of hope just like hey the things that are nice like let's point to that so
1: just for background joey's fantasy baseball league also in the past years have done ones that i remember breakfast foods best breakfast food yep and condiments. And condiments yes. cause a lot of controversy. Yeah, because
0: salt won. People are like, salt shouldn't have even been eligible. We're like, well, I mean, it it is, but I get it. Yeah. So anyway, this year. Good theme. And I what think as this episode comes out, first round will have been over, but there's going to be 32 still left. And I'll, we'll post it on the, the Facebook page and Twitter page or whatever, just because it's fun to do. It's mindless. This year is the most annoying things in the world. So you're going to win. Oof. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You so walked here, right into so it. So here dude. are the regions. There's eight regions. We, instead of doing four regions of 16, we're doing eight of eight. Here are the region names. I hate my clothes, so all clothing-related things. House shit, which is just sort of random stuff that's annoying around the house. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit technology. <laughs> okay. If anyone here is in advertising or marketing, kill yourself. Okay. Uh, hell is other people. That's your true, Your awful God. commute. Bathroom okay. nightmares and food shit. And so there are eight regions of eight choices, seeded one Ooh. through eight. And then each of those, there's going to be two regions that basically play each other. Like there's going to be an elite eight as one from each of these regions comes out. And then okay. two take on. And so we're going to have the final four and so on. So all March long, I think basically until the end of March, basically once every five or six days or something, we'll have a new one that goes up. So just go to cageclub.me slash bracket and you can vote on the latest poll there. But if you I really pay, keep this. an eye on our Facebook page and our Twitter page. The most annoying things in the world.
1: Causes chaos. I, this is actually a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's like one of the most mindless fun parts of uh, March for me. I really People enjoy. love it. and I like, love it
0: people keep asking about it like i had multiple people just like you're doing it this year right and i'm like I guess, I guess like we got we have the pressure now so yeah you know we put it on reddit last year we got like like the first few years we did it we had like 100 or 200 just like a friends and friends of friends and then yeah. we put it on reddit's r sample size and we got like 2000 responses per round we're like oh People care. <laughs> and so, you know, it was cool to see it blow up like that. So I'll put it up there again. You know, we have like 600 email addresses from people who voted last year who like gave us their email address. So they're going to get it. But cageclub.me really cool, slash man. bracket. Check it out. Yeah. I think that's all the things. Uh, speaking of Patreon, we do have a Patreon page, TooFastToForever.com or Patreon.com slash forever. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman. For supporting us at the five dollar level or above. Thank Thank you all so very much. Remember we lowered our tiers for the twenty and fifty dollar tiers so you can get more for less, but still a stupid amount of money to spend. Stupid amount
1: of money.
0: But especially now as we're doing this, you have access to the Fast and Furious Minute document, the Fast and Furious Minute Quiz. You also have access to vote in the poll. I think sooner rather than later, though, maybe not this lap. We're going to do the bonus commentary, sort of extra episodes, plus tickers, plus notes, plus swag and merchandise, plus our undying love and affection. Yes. All at toofasttwoforever.com. I got to look up on reviews. Okay. I haven't looked in a while. Let's see if we have any Let's new see reviews. It, I see. Nope, all five-star reviews, all 21 of them, and all the same number of reviews. So thank you also very much for doing that. If you have not left us a review yet or give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever you want to call it, please do that. All right, Joe, we have six emails. Okay. First up, from Alex Elenin, he says, subject line, you guys are getting paid. He says, don't know if you all saw this, but dot, 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 and he links to a story about the Honda dealership that'll pay us to watch all the Fast and Furious movies. So, Alex, well, do you do know about that? I applied. Did you apply yet or no?
1: No, I didn't. Send the link again to, in the chat.
0: We do know about it. We hope to win. Um, I know that Wes also applied. Wes
1: entered. Yeah, he told us that he entered, too. Which yep. I guess he's
0: going to fly up for it and, like, I guess just get basically a free trip, but, like, it'll get... Way- I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how that works because it's in New York, but... Was I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. Hopefully he wins. I want somebody from that we know win. Like, yeah. I want somebody that like talks to
0: us to win. So next email from the aforementioned Justin Kleinman subject line, Catching Up. Mm. He says, hey guys, got a few things to catch up on. I recently had the flu, which wasn't that bad. Oh, hope you're feeling okay. better. he says, I got the flu shot for the first time and it actually did lessen the effects. I was miserable for three days instead of 10, like two years ago. Anyway, I got some movies in, including Midsummer, Parasite, and It Chapter 2. Midsummer was great. My personal, I didn't
1: watch it favorite, yet. Yeah, my
0: personal favorite movie from last year. He says I can't stop thinking about Parasite, my second favorite movie from last year.
1: I'd love Parasite. I was a big fan.
0: He says It Chapter Two, however, needed forty-five minutes cut from it. That was brutal. It Chapter Two was one of my least favorites. Just really did not like that movie at all. Like too long, didn't work for me.
1: I didn't mind it, but I also had no expectations for it. Rachel hates clowns, like in general, mm. and so she like part of her thing was is um we watched the first chapter of It. But she had to like really mentally prepare herself for it. We watched it. She was like, that wasn't that bad. When It Chapter 2 came out, we went and saw it in theaters because she enjoyed the first one. And as like a fun, we went to go get some food, see it as like a date movie. Wasn't bad. I, w- I But I wasn't expecting anything from it either. I don't remember it. I don't think it's great. I wouldn't watch it again anytime soon. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, it was all right.
0: We talked about this actually recently because one of the most recent episodes of Hanks of the Memories, actually, the one I think that came out this past Friday is The Green Mile, which is another Stephen King adaptation. And I talk a lot yes. on there about how there's certain characters in The Green Mile that are basically like every character in it, where it's like everybody's either pure good or pure evil. And I don't think mm. that that's fun. I don't think that's interesting. And so I talked a lot about on there, it's not what I'm looking for in a movie. Like it kind of should be, maybe. And I like the way it looks and i like things about it but just it doesn't work for me so if you want more of that check out hanks for the memories me mike and dan cologne okay justin goes on watch party in regards to the no volume issue what if we all logged into a chat room and then started our own copies of the movie at a synced point like 10 seconds in just a thought well you and i've talked about this joe and we've already thought
1: about it and that that is a really good idea that's how we used to do the drive-in remember Yep, I used to do site. the drive-in. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how we would do it, and we'd start it at the same time. That that way works. But the thing was, is we wanted it to be like more passive, so you know, there's not like gearing up.
0: And if there's technical difficulties or something, or somebody needs to pause or whatever, I mean, I guess it's it's still going to be you know low stress, low maintenance, whatever. But uh, we want to try it this way. And if it if it either doesn't work well or it, more people would be like interested in just doing their own thing or whatever, we can do it that way. Or if you want to yeah. watch along at home and just chat while we're doing it. You know, you can do that, too. You're not going to be wildly
1: off with, like, the timing. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. you'll get where we are, so.
0: Oil changes. He says, I worked at a Texaco Express lube for three years from the time I was 16 to 19. That experience was enough to convince me to never let anyone change the oil, two syllables... In my car. I've seen many cars started and run without oil, either because the person up top forgot to fill it in, or because the Mm -hmm. person in the pit forgot to put the plug in. I've seen many filters get double gasketed, he says, where the old rubber gasket stays in Mm the car, and oil blows all over the engine. I once had to chase a car a block down the road, waving my arms in the air to get their attention, because they had a one-foot-wide trail of oil following it. When they finally stopped at the stop sign, I hit the back of the trunk with my hands and got their attention. All cool and collected, I said to the lady... It looks like you're leaking a little oil. We'll need you to pull back in.
1: (laughs) One time I actually was changing my oil, and I filled it a little bit too much, and I was like, ah, like, I filled it a little bit too much. I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? And then I was reading all these stories about, like, if you put way too much oil in your car, you can, like, create froth. Like, you could start generating, like, this, like, foam, right? It's just, like, too full. It, like, doesn't have enough place to escape. There was all these horror stories, and then I got into, like, the oil horror stories of, like, somebody being, like, the kid at the fucking, text- or, like, you know, mm-hmm, quick mm-hmm. fill, filled me up, like, six, ga- like, six quarts too much, like, you know, like, somebody must, like, filled it, and then double filled it, and, like, this car, the whole guy's car was fucked, like, you know, I was reading all of these, and that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, I changed my own oil, and pay attention, I'm with you. He <laughs> so by the
0: time she got back, there was no oil left in the car, that said... You know, when a is looking for a job, I can't recommend it enough. Back in the late 90s, when friends were all working fast food for minimum wage at five twenty-five an hour, I was making eight fifty and living like a king. Also, if you do Ooh. go to these quick changes, be courteous to the worker in the pit. Don't go in there on a day when the roads are all sloppy with snow melt. It's miserable uh, being under the car on those days.
1: Oh, that's very fair, and a very good point that I never thought of. I mean, like, I, I obviously change it myself, but I do the same thing, like... You know, I wait for, like, a sunny day. We've done this before. Like, when you've been here, I'm like, oh, no. Like, this is, like, the one warm day we got this week. So let's do it now.
0: Yeah. Fantasy Baseball Draft, he says, what are... Oh, boy. I have stories about this. What are you doing having a draft the first weekend of March? That's silly. It was actually the last weekend of February. And it was because uh, one of the guys in our league, his wife, was supposed to have the baby when we normally had the draft. And then a couple people couldn't do the weekends before. And so we just kept moving it one week forward. And this was the first weekend everybody could do. Then it turns out that the guy whose wife was supposed to have a baby at the end of March had the baby a month early, and he couldn't make the draft anyway. So <laughs> oh, we had the draft. But as I've been telling you, so I drafted Chris Sale with—he was my most expensive player. I got good yep. news. He's not—he doesn't need—he doesn't need Tommy John surgery, but he's now getting a third opinion on the MRI on his elbow. So that's not a good sign. So he's not out for good a while. News. Yeah, John uh, Carlos Stanton, who is my most expensive hitter pulled a calf muscle, and he's going to be back sometime in April, but he's going to start the season on the injured list. I have Griffin Canning, who is a young sort of phenom. He was good last year. He's going to be even better this year. Uh, He did something to his elbow. Uh, He's going to be out for a while. He's getting a second or third opinion. I got (laughs) AJ Puck on the A's. Uh, He had a shoulder strain. He got shut down today, although that seems mild. That seems minor, but still not good. So that's in the span of, oh boy, like 12 days. Not even 11 days since our draft, I've had four of my guys, two of my most important players, but then two yeah. that are other players uh, go down. And so we're never drafting in February again. I hate everything about this. Miserable. It's just it's It makes awful. it fun.
1: It's going to make it fun
0: in a way. I guess. I don't know. I'm, it's who oh boy. Because everybody's
1: going to have like the same. Are you like the only one who's dealing with a lot of bullshit? Or is like everybody dealing with bullshit?
0: So, so there was a guy last year who sold off a lot of his players. And he went into our draft of like an extra $150. And he had like, he basically drafted the best team just because he had more money than everybody else. And he could like. He had Bear. good keepers, and he yeah. sort of outspent people on a lot of, like, you know, instead of having to get dollar guys, he got a bunch of people who were, like, second and third. Like, he got a couple of really good guys, but then he got mostly everybody else who's, like, a second or third-tier guy. So, like, he's got a solid team from top to bottom. In, like, the three or four days after the draft, he had two or three guys go down. And so we're like, oh, like, that really sucks, but, you know, we're not going to feel too bad because he had the best team. Almost exclusively, it's been my team since then. So... <laughs> It's just, it's unfortunate. You were a little too happy. You got karma People root for injuries. Like, I think it's just like a... No,
1: never root for injury. That's not fair. Yeah.
0: At worst, you know, just pitch poorly or like get knocked out of a game, but I don't come. Whatever. Like, I don't want to see long-term injuries for anybody. But people, other people in the league, they do kind of root for injuries or they just, you know, smack talk or whatever. But I don't do that because I just, you know, I don't want anybody to get hurt because I'd rather Same. see good players play i don't car i do not get karma it was just like it's just shit luck like it's just uh man man oh man let's well, just karma for something else in which case you got maybe. good karma maybe you got
1: you're pre-paying i like prepaying for karma sometimes yeah you know maybe maybe you're gonna have like an
0: awesome season i hope so justin then says patreon it would be a cool bonus for Patreon users to get access to the character quiz and so this is we were talking about this today we were we actually yes. did talk about this today in its current form It's in a Google Sheet, and it's wildly complicated. We've got some people trying to figure out how to make it real, how to basically make it shareable. Uh, Until that point, we can't do it. Like, I would love to make it a Patreon thing, and then eventually... It's not binary, it's scaled, so it's hard to build the back end of that
1: for us who are not technically inclined.
0: Like, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's relatively non-complicated. uncomplicated, but... I I don't know where to begin. And so I would love to share it, especially, you know, I want to make it a public-facing thing. Like, we could put it on Patreon for a while and make it public-facing or whatever, because I think, you know, we put a lot of work into this, and I think that people would really like it, but we just literally are unable to right now. And so, you know, when we can, we will, but for now, we can't. But that said, you know, if you do that tier, whatever tier it is, the $20 a month tier, I think... And you do an entire lap for us, you can do the before and after. And so if you really want to take the quiz, you can join us for that and you get a character quiz. So that's something. Yeah. Uh, he says, Han's returning. He says, I really hope that Letty brings Han in and says, look who I found. Then everyone's blown away and saying, where you been, bruh, Etc. Etc. But before Han can answer, we see the hood of a car slowly close to reveal Dom behind it. He looks at Han and interrupts everyone's shocked mm. expression. He just says, Han, whatever happened back there in Tokyo, that was for you. Good to have you back, brother. He says, then we just never Ooh. find out where he was or how he's still alive.
1: So they just full Brian him, right? Isn't that what happened with Brian?
0: Yeah. I've also referenced you know, the same thing in uh, the Matrix, and she's like, "Where he's like, you know, the Oracle told me." And he's, and he's like, like, "Yeah, yeah I, that, don't, I don't need
1: to know. It's for you."
0: Yeah, actually, I would be, I would be kind
1: of frustrated by that. It's a long. cool
0: idea, but yeah, I would be like, "Come on, man! Like, give me something."
1: I think that that can't happen because it would piss off too many Fast and the Furious fans, and they're so receptive to their fan perception. If they were just like that, happened for you, Han and they just like glossed over why Han's back, that everybody would be like, what the fuck? And then they'd have yeah. to deal with that. Yeah. But yeah, I do like the idea. I think the actual, probably that's the best way to handle it, honestly. Just be like, Han's back. And <laughs> like, we're just not fucking explaining this.
0: All of the emails left, we have two from Wes. I'm going to read them back to back. So I'm skipping one of Wes's for now. I'm going to go to the next one, which is from Wells. And the next email from Wells is, okay. subject line, I wanted to send this out last week, but again, I failed. Better late than never, and here we are. Okay.
1: We were just talking about mozzarella sticks last night, so who...
0: He says, I saw Sonic of Bees and pe- Bees of P on a double feature of the drive-in. Mm. I saw Sonic and Birds of Prey on a double yeah, feature Birds of the drive-in of in P- last Did you
1: week. not get Birds of Prey?
0: Bees of Pete? No, because the way that I'm... This is just my brain not reading this but this is how he wrote it which is it makes sense but sonic and bees of pee so i was just like I
1: totally knew exactly what he was saying
0: i thought they were both better than i thought they would be neither had a storyline but sonic himself was pretty decent and dr robotnik was great jim carrey made the movie that much better i love margot robbie and she was fantastic and a fun but not super great movie it was entertaining and she's the best i did not like sonic very much but like i said before i loved birds of prey I don't think it's a great, I think I'm with you there, it's not a great movie, but it's a lot of fun, and I think she's great in it, so go go see Birds of
1: Prey. Yeah, I I don't have no hate on Birds of Prey.
0: Wells says, was the car Dom rolls up in at the beginning of Fast Five just some car he got there? There's no way he drove his own car to South America, right? Uh, It's not South America, but we see in the beginning, I know it's also just across the border, at the end of the first movie in the credit scene, we see him drive his car in Mexico, right? So like, he's, he could just keep going. yeah, yeah.
1: Like, he definitely had the car in Mexico, so he got across the border somehow. And they're not far. They're in L.A.,
0: so it's not that yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is now going back to his video game rankings. He says, Gamecast. Remember, I was like, I don't know if it's GameCube Yeah, what is what GameCast? Is. Yeah. So from the movie Malibu's Most Wanted with Jamie Kennedy. Amazing movie, he says. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's just a made-up video game. I don't know. The
0: leader of the i9s gang was telling B-Rad G that he had GameCast. And B-Rad was like, well, there's GameCube and there's Dreamcast. And the i9s guy was like, dude, I can't afford it. That was an awful description of the scene. He says, I should erase this, but I'm not. For my sake, just check out the GameCast scene so I feel better about this dumb explanation.
1: Okay. That just gave me this memory that when we were kids, like one of our favorite prank phone calls was to call, like, GameStop and ask them for GameCast360. All the employees would be like, God damn it. Like, I hate you kids so much.
0: But we thought it was hilarious. And you say that I should win the most annoying thing in the world bracket. You will, if I have anything to say about this. Well, says, if you come to the Bay Area, you guys are invited to the Fast 9 viewing for sure. I would love that. Weed, alcohol, food, all on me. I'll show you guys how we get down. Ooh.
1: Well. Well, yeah, I would love to come to the Fast 9 viewing. But I was just in California and not in the Bay Area, though. Sadly.
0: Yeah. Well, we have Fast Nine plans, but maybe for F10 or for something, we can make a bigger, I wanna bigger deal. Co- I want to come to like one of the premieres.
1: Like, we'll eventually get to a point where we can. This is
0: almost about. like I know it's not cooler than a premiere, but it's kind of cooler than a premiere.
1: Fuck yeah, it would be cooler than the premiere. I think we're not invited to the premiere, so as of right now, it's cooler than the premiere.
0: It says, let me defend my video game console list. NES and Super NES were so low because I rarely played them growing up. My neighbor had an NES. We played Mario, and I loved it, but that was it. Sega Genesis started it for me and the systems I listed were all a bigger part of my life. Still love NES and SNES. They're classics. I just feel the disappointment in Joe's voice and it shook me I just wanted to set the record straight. <laughs> to be honest, I was firmly a Sega kid. Yeah, like... we talked about that. You and I were both Genesis kids. That's, uh, you know, we're firmly, r- we're right there with you.
1: My friends had SNES and like I wasn't, as amped on it because by that point I had a Genesis and we were at that point where like they wouldn't launch consoles against each other NES come out and then like two years later you'd have like d- Genesis come out and then you'd have like Nintendo 64 come out like two years later so like when I was at like prime getting first video game age I got a Genesis first because that was like the dopest one out at the mm-hmm. time so I'm with you like I, I have nostalgia for Genesis I can see it I'm, I'm with you.
0: Yeah, He says, Lakers, and then a crying, laughing emoji. He says, I can appreciate a hardcore Laker hater. I totally understand. Oh, okay, Jake's a Celtics fan. It makes even more sense. I like to say he's writing this as he's listening to the podcast. Just like, <laughs> I can understand that. Okay, that's, that's a good point. Okay. Uh, he says, if it makes you feel better, Jake, I'm hoping for a Lakers-Celtics finals. That would be mm. epic.
1: I can't wait. We could have like we could have like back and forth email grumblings. Well, I guess we'd yeah. get like one because it would be like... You know, maybe well, over two weeks.
0: Yeah, it probably be two episodes. You know.
1: I'm hoping for that for you guys too. That will be really cool. I have no team in basketball, so fuck it. Lakers Celtics finals. Goodbye, me.
0: I mean, obviously, the Pelicans are going to make. I don't even know. The, like the Pelicans aren't even picking up ground, I don't think, but whatever. That's fine. Know. P.S. I have this book called The Pizza Bible that was created by Tony Gemiani, the best pizza maker in the world, and it has the best dough recipes, in my opinion, anyway. I don't play around. I put my life on this dude. Tony Gemiani, he wins awards and all that stuff. He changed the game. I've made homemade pizza with my Ooh. pops forever and up until Tony's. It was by far the best I'd ever eaten. I'm going to take pics and send some of the recipes and I'll DM them to you. I'll DM them to you on the bird app. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to use them. I'm just doing this in case you wanted to expand in the future. I'm excited for no, your pizza I making. I haven't made any in a while. I'm inspired to start flipping through some dough. Flipping some dough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flipping some dough. Every time I put a loaf of bread in the oven, I tell Rachel, let's get this bread. She does not find it as funny as I do.
0: Yes, the thing was is
1: that I was using the Italian sourdough starter. I would love to have these other dough recipes because the Italian sourdough starter takes like two full days of proofing. And I was bitching yesterday that, like, I didn't have any pizza dough. Actually, and also, I just ordered today a pizza steel. Do you know what, like, a pizza stone is? Like, the ceramic thing that you put in your oven? Yes. Okay, they, they make ones of those out of steel so that, like, you can't crack it. Cause okay. like my pizza stone's starting to get a little crack. Like, if you fuck with the temperature too much on the pizza stone, like you can crack it. Mine has like a hairline crack through the middle, so it's eventually gonna break. But a steel one won't break, right? So, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give that a try this weekend, so I'm excited.
0: Cool. It says, all right, brosips, I'ma holler at you players later. Congrats on lap six. We've been on quite the ride.
1: We have been. I want I want those dough recipes. Send me some pics too. I, I send you the ones that I sent to Joey the other the other day. They look pretty good.
0: Next two emails, like I said, from West Hampton. First up, Nas Boost. What up, fam? What up, Wes? So that was a nice little in-between episode. It was fun hearing the process of making the quiz. Once it's all finished, this is going to be the toughest and most detailed FNF quiz that anyone's ever created. I can't wait. It really is. Can you imagine
1: when we have, like... So I was pitching to Joey that, like, I can't wait until we... 45 years from now, we finish all the minutes... And we have this minute quiz for all 25 Fast and the Furious movies that are out by then. We go through this and we can have like a full bar trivia that we just host that is just gonna be ridiculously hard. Yeah. Have just people just rage quit this bar trivia. Because, you know, once we get to like 400 questions, you pretty much only need like 50. Just pull 50. From like the
0: thing, and it'd be like random choices and stuff. It would be fun because yeah, we we did the math, and we're gonna end this in like 2040, I think, right? So like, we, we got we got some time to uh, get through this, but nothing but time. I do want to say also, I meant to say this before. Another reason that I brought up the weird upcoming schedules because we're recording earlier and so we're emails are going to be at a weird time so still send an email to family occasionally about me but they might not get in on the episode that you might think that you're writing in for if that makes any sense but just yeah true email in and we'll get to them when we you get to. You know we them. always get to it we don't skip yes. any so yeah he says joey your interpretation of jump the shark was a new one for me i always understood it to be the point at which a show or series ramps up the ridiculousness of their plots or major events in a way that betrays the original feeling or intent they're trading quality for hype basically i can understand your version it's very similar but I've only ever heard Jump the Shark use this derogatory term. Basically, this is when the thing became bad. And in that sense, I don't think Fast and Furious has jumped the shark. I don't even know if it can. It had a gradual buildup to where it is now, and it's so self-aware, but still earnest, that it feels like unless they totally throw their hands up and film a bunch of disconnected action scenes in space... Most fans will buy into whatever the family gets up to next.
1: The only reason why we use the term jump the shark is because Adam said, when did it jump the shark? Yeah, But I agree with you all. I don't think that it ever jumped the shark. But in the sense that he said it like that, that's that was where we were coming from.
0: I think that what I've mostly heard is that jump the shark as a negative too. But I also think that it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be negative. I think it just means that it's like when it changed differently. Like Rachel got mad at me once because I used jump the shark
1: as a positive way before this conversation. Okay, And she was like, no, it's always a negative. And I was
0: like, I don't see it as a negative sometimes. Because I would describe it as like, <laughs> I don't think it has to be negative, but I don't know that it's positive. I think it could just be like a description <laughs> of what's going on. And for me,
1: for my taste, I kind of like jumping the shark. I want it to get wild and crazy. It's not necessarily a bad thing in my, in my opinion all the time.
0: Sure, I understand that. Wes says, "I think commentary should be a nice little bonus from you guys. You've already said so much about all the movies on the podcast that I don't know what would go into one. Neither do I. Oh God! But you have good enough idea about what would be fun to listen to that I think it's worth trying out. Definitely looking forward to hearing unedited Joe.
1: No, no, you're not. I'm going to have to behave so hard. And we just talked about this
0: today too before we started recording about how you're a different person speaking on other podcasts." than when you are with me because you know that I'm going to take care of you in editing. That's yes. going to be sort of like a, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I should be able to say. Like, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of Joe just taking hits on his vape pen and cats no. chortling in his ear. <laughs> that Those two things are are
1: partially true, but I will mm-hmm. mute. I have to be very self-aware when I like guest on a different podcast and choose my words very carefully. So you'll hear that it sounds a lot slower than it does here. Joey can just cut out when I like throw a terrible joke in that doesn't Mm -hmm. land and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Whereas like there I have to, you know, pick and choose what I'm exactly going to say. Yeah, thank you for always taking care of me. I appreciate it. Still going to win that bracket, but sure.
0: Uh, Wes says, thanks for the info about the Honda dealership. I signed us up last night. I figure we're already doing a marathon. Might as well get paid for it. Hopefully one of us gets picked, but we won't know for another two and a half months or so. So that's even more time, Joe, for you to sign up. I sent you the link on Facebook.
1: Yeah, I already opened it. I got the tab open now. I'm just not doing it while we're recording.
0: Anyone who can't find your Rocky Mayavia Picture Show episode, which I did listen to, by the way, and I don't want to spoil anything just in case things don't happen, but uh, we are tentatively scheduled to record with Nate on Too Fast, Too Furious. So next episode... Nate should be joining us.
1: Awesome. I forgot it was so soon. That's cool.
0: Yeah. He says, anybody who can't find it should look for post-wrestling instead. P-O-S-T wrestling and studies. So oh, thought, that's true. I thought oh, Rocky sorry. Maivia was his own podcast and the Apple podcast app has a whole hilariously bad search function so when I started searching that nothing came up. Rocky Maivia picture shows a monthly feature on that feed, the post-wrestling feed. It looks like it's about yeah. seven episodes back at the time of this writing. It's mid-February so I think, yeah, just scroll down in that. I haven't listened yet but I look forward to hearing you talk about Fast Five and I look forward to hearing Nate's incredible podcaster voice again.
1: Oh, it's so good. His voice is great and, and yeah, sorry, we forgot to mention that. It's as if like if Cage Club was all one channel.
0: Which would be chaos.
1: They distinguish it as its own podcast, and you can definitely find like a link on postwrestling.com. Yep. That's
0: how I listen to it. And we shared it on Facebook and Twitter too. We did. We shared it. But yeah, if you are looking in a podcast app, like a podcatcher, look for post wrestling and then find it. It's February fifteenth, I think. Oh
1: yeah, right around Valentine's Day. That's right. Yeah.
0: Because he does that once a month, so this was his like the Rocks, I think, like seventh movie or something. So yeah, yeah, go check it out. Sense. It's still the most recent episode of the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. But I listened to it recently because I, when it first came out, I like listened to the beginning and I got distracted and I listened to the whole thing and it was it was a lot of fun. I forgot all about like his games that he plays on there. Oh yeah, Nate's a blast,
1: man. He was a good dude.
0: And he'll be back soon, very soon. He, we get to play uh, our games with him.
1: I know, I'm excited for him to like take the quiz and like all this other stuff. He I'm better say, get
0: The Rock. That's all I'm saying. I hope so. Wes says, that's it for this week. Looking forward to starting things over again next week. Until then, stay furious, Wes. And then he follows it up with lap six kick off, what up, fam? What up, Wes. It's like a week later. He says, It's nice to have you back to a regular episode after so many weeks of specials. I like the special episodes, but I enjoy the comfort of the regular format. This episode Same. felt like it was an especially long wait because it's been so long since you've had new guests. Marioness and Nicole were great, and I love the contrast between someone with a deep love and history for someone who has basically no experience. Here are my new episode observations. It's been so long since you've had new guests. I forgot about so many of the silly either or questions. Also (laughs) the honey. Okay. This is coming to my defense now. The honey butter chicken biscuit at Whataburger is delicious. Thank you. And I don't think it's ridiculous to talk about how good the chicken is at a burger place. First of all, Wes says, (laughs) the honey butter chicken biscuit is a breakfast item, which I have clarified multiple times. You have. It's a biscuit with a chicken finger on it and the honey butter sauce which you can buy at H-E-B, which is the best grocery store. Secondly, lots of burger places have good chicken. It may not be their main business, but they're all basically sandwich-like foods. p Terry's is one of my favorite fast food burgers in Austin, but they also have a delicious chicken sandwich, or so I've been told. I've never had it. I always get the burger. Also, I will say, and I said this before on this podcast, Phil's Ice House is a great burger place, and their chicken is the best chicken sandwich I've ever had. You can have a good chicken sandwich at a burger place. You can talk about you it. You can, but you can't hold that up to its burger like you can't. Oh no, use but I like the burger, burger at Whataburger better than I like the burger at In and Out. Yeah, I know. You've said that. I appreciate the diversity of the Whataburger menu and their eleven P to eleven A breakfast menu with the honey butter chicken biscuit is just it's unrivaled. Mm, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Wes says, I've never considered that Hector may have been buying all those parts for Dom. I always assumed he was outfitting his own team for race wars because earlier he talked about trying to go legit. Besides, why would Dom be swapping out engines in the cars? They're only taking on one last big heist. I also assumed that Dom's crew didn't tell anyone at all about their side hustle. Plus, civics were a pretty common car in the scene, which I always assumed was the reason Dom's crew used them.
1: Yes. Okay, I get this part. If Hector was trying to go legit... Why would he be buying new parts for his car and a three team race for Race Wars? Well, I guess maybe it could be like he's just not street racing, but Race Wars is kind of like unsanctioned and private. So he's not like going to get arrested at Race Wars. So that's right. why it's okay to race there.
0: The reason I brought it up last week, I'm, I like the conversation we had, but like the reason I brought it up is because I can't wait to get to the minute where we can actually like focus on that and like go sort of line by line, right? Like we're not there yet. Yes. We're getting no, there we're soon-ish, but we'll see. We will see. Yeah, we have to
1: break it down. They're trying. They're trying to frame Hector, right? The movie is at right. least.
0: What are the options? Either number one, Hector is buying parts for his own th- for his own cars, right? For, for yeah, Hector wars. and
1: Dom both have Civics. They're both tuned. They use them for different things, but there's six Civics. Each of them have three.
0: Option two, Hector is buying parts for dom either for race wars or option three he's buying parts for dom it can't be for race wars because
1: the civics don't come out to race wars they're outside in the desert for heisting
0: but it could be just for well yeah but i mean i guess there could be other cars but i'm just saying like it i'm just saying all the options like there he could be buying for cars that we just don't see in race wars right like for dom though okay it's not likely but it's just a possible i'm just trying to see what the possibilities are then number three probably the most likely one is that or maybe not even the most likely one but more likely than option two would be he's buying parts for the cars that Dom is doing for the heist. To Wes's point, I don't know why he would spend money on the cars for the heist other than like, if, if That's it's a the fair difference point. between like yeah, if it's the difference between the heist working and the heist not working, like you're gonna spend the money.
1: No, okay, here. This is another option. Because they use the cars for the heist, they change out the cars and that he has to like rebuild a new car every time. Okay. Does that make more or less sense in your head? So you
0: mean they just have like a like a bay of like twelve sort of like generic civics?
1: No, like he like buys three civics, he uses them for one heist, he sells them to a bunch of kids. Takes the money, buys three new Civics, builds three new ones, uses them for one heist, and gets rid of them to like burn them.
0: That feels wildly cost ineffective. I like the idea, but I feel like that he would be you'd be blowing a lot of money and time on that.
1: You, you're like laundering them, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're like the cars aren't hot, but then why would you buy the same cars again? I was just I was just working hmm. through something mentally.
0: Brian's bringing it up to Dom in the movie because he's trying to get Dom to be like Hector's up to no good, right? Yes. Otherwise, why would Brian be snooping around this garage? He's like, I'm investigating Hector because I think Hector's into some shit or whatever, right? Yeah, and I know yeah, that your friend Hector. Or not, I thought you should know, right? So he yeah. basically—it's widely known that there's these like racers that are jacking trucks. And Brian is telling Dom, "I think like we all know this, but I think it's your friend Hector, and I'm here to figure out if it's actually so. Hector or not, no. right?"
1: Definitely not. No, absolutely not. He's saying that Hector bought these things for Race Wars. We, so it has nothing to do with, Hector... with the jack
0: the trucks anyway.
1: No, it has nothing to do with jacking the trucks
0: So he thinks, so why is he warning Dom? Because
1: Dom is going to race at Race Wars. Yeah, that's it. That's why he says, like, what are you going to do, check everybody's garage in the whole fucking city or whatever? And he's like, if I have to. And, like, that's why they go to Johnny Tran's place later to find out what the en- like what engines they have in their cars are.
0: I guess it does just feel like maybe, be, maybe like the thing that we're having with it is that, like, it's just a shit excuse o'connor
1: yeah it is a really really shitty excuse he treats it and he pitches it like he's scouting the other teams that are going to be playing at race wars but i think
0: that to your point last episode about is dom agreeing to that just because it gets him off the hook in reality is hector buying the parts for race wars or is hector buying the parts for dom we don't know
1: we don't know that's the the thing That's that's
0: the debate you're thinking that if he is buying them for dom Dom saying Hector like oh yeah like thanks basically thanks for looking into this or whatever like he is basically but he gets
1: confirmation that Brian is on his side because he told him like this
0: secret right even though Vince is like why is he here at all like I don't like I smell a rat
1: but he gets confirmation like oh he knew this he told me this part it sounds right we know that Hector definitely bought these parts so yes
0: it's gotta be for race wars it would be so weird to have a paper trail of buying parts from, like, a store that's, like, above board, right? Like, because he's going in, like, openly to the racer's edge and being like, I need three of this, I need three of this, and, like, all of a sudden... That's what I'm saying, but no, that... that Like, the Honda Civics are, like, you're buying parts for cars that just so happen to jack a truck, like, that week? Like, it just, that feels...
1: That helps my cause, because what I'm saying is that he's distancing himself from buying the parts himself so that nobody knows that Dom is stocking three Honda Civics parts. And this goes into Harry saying, everything that Dom buys the kids all want, they rush in here. They know what he has. So if somebody heard, like Brian, that Dom was buying all these parts, everybody would find out about it knowing that they were for Dom. And if it wasn't in his car, they'd be like, where the fuck are these three Honda Civics that
0: you've been building? So he's making... Hector do it to distance himself from the purchase. Does Hector know that these cars are going to be using in the truck jacking. It's like, hey, we're going to do a crime. You're going to be buying the parts that are basically... Like, you're basically an accomplice in the crime. Kind of, but he can play dumb. If he has an alibi, right? But he's still,
1: he he's still like... You I can say know. you went to pick up the parts for your friend, right? Hector's clean. He said he's clean because he's not racing... He's not illegal street racing anymore. Hector is really good friends with Dom because, one, Hector holds the money... Hector comes back in 7. Well, Hector holds the
0: money because he can't outrun anybody. Like, that's
1: why... He... No, they say that, but I mean, like...
0: But he's Dom gives trusted. It to trusted.
1: He's trusted. He knows Dom for a long time. We can assume he's known Dom for a long time. When we come back to Race Wars in, what, 7?
0: Yeah, I think so, because it's on the reunion, the memory reunion
1: tour. When Letty like, gets her memory back and has the freak out, Hector is now running Race Wars in 7. So that means that they're, like, he even passed the torch of Race Wars to Hector. So they're boys.
0: Okay. I still feel like it's a lot of risk for Hector, although...
1: No, Dom cuts him in. He's like, dude, like, go buy all these parts for y- for me. I'll give you two grand. You just have to go pick them up and like, drop them here. Well, why would you say no? You have no qu- I would even ha- have questions about it.
0: You wouldn't ask... So if somebody's like, hey, nope. buy these parts for me, and here's two grand, you wouldn't be like, uh, what? Nope. Absolutely not. Is that because you want plausible deniability, or just like, oh, don't look a good horse in the mouth?
1: If somebody was like... Here's twelve grand cash for ten grand worth of parts. Twelve grad, can you 12 go? Grad. Twelve grad, if you can go, like go get these parts. Here you go. Keep the change. I, just drop them off at my place. I'd be like, that is the dopest delivery fee I've ever gotten paid. That feels like I don't some wanna... real
0: like mafia shit, though, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Buy You're like a drug nice. mule, right? Totally fine by me though. I'd be like, hey man, I didn't ask any questions. You have cash. So like the the store doesn't even know really who paid for it. You're like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm just involved. If somebody asks you, I'd be like, I don't know, the dude asked me Are you gonna turn down two grand to go buy parts? You're not asking questions? Nope, none of my business. I don't care. That's my that's my thoughts on it. We dude, we dug way too deep into that.
0: And we're gonna get to it. We're gonna we're gonna go more when we get to that minute, right? I so. think so. Yeah.
1: Alright. Wow. Might be the theme of this lap is the Hector <laughs> the Hector story arc
0: on a, Wow. Unknowingly. All right. Yeah. Uh, Wes says I love when there are new people on the podcast to hear you deep dive and justify all these little things that almost no one else would even register. Same way I approach a lot of things, so I can definitely appreciate it. It's the reason I'm a little wary meeting people who want to talk to me about Fast and Furious or Turtles or anything I'm really <laughs> invested in. I always want to start by asking how big of a fan they are, not for some entitled fan gatekeeping reason, but I need to know how deep I can go before completely alienating them. He says, last week we did an always sunny pub trivia with some friends that are at least as big of fans as we are. We won the quiz, but at one point Mrs. West and I started talking about some fan theory that came up during one of the later seasons, and our friends just looked at us like we were insane. It's a real struggle. That's why you guys are our kindred spirits.
1: I don't mind talking about Fast and Furious with other people. But I definitely like let them lead the conversation. Yeah.
0: Like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that part too. Yeah, and then I'll be like,
1: Well what about this? And then they'll like say something and I'll be like, No, that's wildly wrong. And I'll be like, Well what if and then I'll like kick them like one of our theories and they're like, What are you talking you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but like, and, like no Nissanista,
0: niece, no niece, like who's and they're like Exactly.
1: What? I'll just drop stuff like that in and they'll be like, What the fuck are you talking about? It's hard. If you let them lead the conversation, back up, I don't talk a lot, and I let them lead and see where it goes.
0: I also do think like on a personal level that one of my one of my favorite things in in this world is like seeing people who are wildly passionate about something. Yes. Even yeah. even if I can't keep up with it, like I love that people love things you know, like sort of like when nicole was saying it toward the end of the episode she's like i love that you have like i love this for you right like i you know yeah, i she don't said she has this it for way. buffy
1: and you know what if you want to tell me all the chaos about it it's fun for me i'll listen i enjoy listening like yeah. you're saying good just tell me all the wild theories i'm gonna ask you questions about it and like get you to like get, give me evidence to prove it that i can't i don't know if it's real or not but like i'll instigate yeah, it's almost going. like a
0: like a parent has like a young kid they're like Let me tell you everything that happened in this one episode of TV, but like it's not like it's that, but like the good version of that, because it's like, oh, you actually like research things. It's not just like, and then he did this, and then he did this, and then he did this. It's just like it's equally obtuse, but it actually it's like researched, (laughs) it's like thought out as as opposed to just like recitation, right? So the adult version of it, I love it. Wes says that's it for this week. Hopefully, I get this one in on time for next week's episode. Check. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Thank you, Wes, for writing
1: in. I'm sorry, but I hope that you and everybody else enjoyed. <laughs> I'm story. I hope everybody that you guys enjoyed our second version of the Hector rant that just happened.
0: Second of at least four, probably right. We got we got a couple. It's more gonna coming keep in the going. Minutes. It's yeah. definitely
1: gonna keep going. We're gonna get other emails, I'm sure, at this point now. So last
0: email, Joe, new listener, new listener again. Is this like our third episode in a row that we got a new email? There was Dylan Yap, and there was Haley Gerbys. Yes. So third episode in a row. This one is from Jerry Robinson. Okay. Hi, Jerry. I just, when I saw this, I just thought, you know, you know the Primus song, Jerry was a race car driver? Yeah, actually. From the Tony Hawk game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Subject line, I owe you a 10 second car. Oh, he sounds like our kind of friend. Mm. Sending cars over here already? I like it. (laughs) Hey guys, I just listened to lap one. I live in San Francisco. I'll be at your party at the house years from now.
1: Sounds perfect. Yeah. You're, you're invited.
0: Says you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Wow! And I'm looking forward to listening to lap two. One lap in, he's good. One uh, lap in, that's cool. all it took. Here's my list from worst to greatest movies. I hope you read it during an episode. So here he goes rankings. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw not on here, but the other eight are on here. Okay, go ahead. So here we go from the bottom. Number eight, Fate of the Furious. It was all so he has a he has a, a movie, a description, then a hashtag. Okay. So okay. number eight, Fate of the Furious. It was all over the place, and Roman was excellent, which was the best part. Hashtag baby Brian.
1: I like Roman. We, you know, we've had this conversation a bunch. i will get to it. But like, I, I like Roman and eight. He doesn't bother me.
0: With that, Fate of the Furious now has an average rate, uh, average rating below seven. So like the worst oh. it could be now is nine, because if that's ever, everybody put it last. But like, realistically, it's probably like eight would be the worst. But now it's like, it's a 7.03. Like it is... Aggressively bad. Like people do not like this one. Okay. Number seven, Fast and Furious. Number four says, "Love how they brought back the original cast with a few others, but I felt it was rushed and Letty died." Hashtag twenty percent angel, eighty percent devil.
1: (laughs) Nice. And it'll grow on you. I mean, if you keep—I mean, I don't know how many times you've seen them, but as we keep watching it, it kind of creeps up on me. So
0: number six, Too Fast, Too Furious even though I enjoyed it and the skyline, but no Dom and how Brian got trained during the prelude to basically be the new Dom. Hashtag, he did the stare and drive. He did the stare and drive. Number five, Furious 7, more of a serious movie, especially with Paul, but I love how they bring back the cars resembling the characters. Hashtag too slow. Ooh. Number four, Tokyo Drift, very different take on racing, no more quarter mile races, but more precision and the Japanese theme. Hashtag I got nothing but time.
1: Yeah, you know that we're big Tokyo Drift fans and I got nothing but time is probably our most quoted Fast and the Furious line. Because we use it all day, every day.
0: Especially on this podcast where it literally, we have nothing but time. True. Number three, The Fast and the Furious, number one. It's the OG movie, How the Franchise Began, and I love how Dom was the fucking shit, especially introducing Dom's charger lift. Hashtag, for those ten seconds, I'm free. for those ten seconds, I'm free. So that means his top two are the two that are pretty widely considered the two best, five and six Okay, does Okay, which one? Fast and Furious, number six. Okay. Characters are in full prime, not rushed. Letty's alive. And that Daytona, though, was sexy in that color. Hashtag justice for Han. Justice for Han. That means the number one, fast five. Why the five. fuck not? I love Dwayne coming from watching him wrestling in WWE. Although lots of sweat. Everything was perfect. Hashtag, that was for my team, you son of a bitch. Well,
1: Jerry's in for quite a ride. Yeah. Because he doesn't know about the Rocky Maya via picture show yet. He's got like 65 episodes to go. And when he catches up, he's going to be like, holy shit, a lot has happened. Yeah. So
0: I'm excited for him. And that was all the emails. So thank you to. Thank you, everyone. Alex, Justin, Wes. Wells and Jerry. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. And Jerry said he lives in
1: San Francisco. I was I was scared that he was going to live in Australia again. Not scared, but I mean, like, I was yeah. I was actually kind of hoping for... Combo breaker. Another... <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do have couple pockets, right? Because we got a couple of San Francisco. we got him and Wells. We've got uh, Australia. True. Yeah. It's cool, man. Works for me. So thank you all. If you want to write in family at cageclub.me, like I said, this episode won't be out by the time we record the next episode, so... If people write in about other stuff, we will have we will read that. But write it in; we'll read it eventually. Family at cageclub.me. All right, Joe. On the streets news, Uh, we we had a huge news story that a day later was like, nope, not a news story for like 20 hours. uh, It was rumored that Ben Stiller was going to be in Fast Nine, and then he came on Twitter and was just like, sorry guys, uh, not. Wish all the yeah I know all the Fast and all the Furious, but. I'm not in the movie.
1: He definitely shot that down, didn't he? Which doesn't mean it's not true. No, it doesn't. And our Facebook page was, like, really uh,
0: excited about this. (laughs) And then nobody seemed to react at all to the, uh, it didn't happen. So I think there's probably, like, we probably, like, told about, you know, like, a thousand people or whatever saw the post, right? That we put it out there that, like, he's in it. And then I think like a hundred saw the second one. So like there there might be up to 900 people that still think Ben Stiller's in it because of us.
1: I didn't write the news. Somebody was like, what the hell kind of character is he going to play? And I'm like, hey, man. Yeah. We're just reporting. I don't know if this is confirmed or not. I'm just saying this was news that we found.
0: I think that's all the news that we saw. There's, we're still in a sort of a dry spell here. The you Rock know, is, the new... is not running in the primaries. Oh, we got to look that up, though, though. Let's see here. Rock the vote. No. Yeah. As of, the Super Tuesday has come and gone, Dwayne Johnson is still not on the ballot, <laughs> unfortunately. So Sad. Dwayne Johnson, president. <laughs> Let's see here. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson's daughter to follow in, his, or in dad's footsteps because she's going to uh, be. Wrestle? Wrestle, yep, yep, yep. Nice. Elizabeth Warren reveals celeb crush. Is this Dwayne Johnson, or is it just... If it's The Rock, I'm going to be really excited. Yes, Senator Warren's happily married to husband Bruce H. Mann for 40 years, but when she's on the campaign trail, she's thinking about one guy, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Warren didn't even hesitate a single second when Ellen asked her to name her celebrity crush. Damn. So, yeah, so Ellen, uh, hard-hitting journalism there.
1: Yeah, ours too, though. We can relate. Always and then I'm going to search
0: The Rock President. Will Nikki Haley, that's not somebody, that's from Rock Hill Herald, okay. There yeah. are no rock stars on your presidential primary ballot, okay. Damn. Okay. Nope. Unfortunately, still no news on the Dwayne Johnson running for president. Sadly. Forefront, but uh, maybe next week. Who knows? There's yes. nothing but time. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> the last thing we have to do before we take a break is the Fast and Furious Minute. Now, here's two titles for this. I don't know which one I like better. I don't know if either oh. one of these you like either. So, minute 37, four iced cappuccinos, please, or Toretto's Hot Rod Heaven. Toretto's Hot Rod Heaven, for sure. So, minute 37, Toretto's Hot Rod Heaven.
1: Okay, here he is. Fresh from Toretto's Hot Rod Heaven. That was an $80,000 vehicle, officer. Hey, now you tell him what happened.
0: He knows what happened.
1: Hey, you know what? Why don't you send the bill to Johnny Trent, Brian? The kid's giving me attitude? It doesn't speak very well for police, FBI relations, Tanner. No, I mean, come on, what is this? I walk in the door, guys. All right, you guys all right, all, all, right, right. all right. We'll talk.
0: Okay, let's talk about it. News, why don't you make us four ice cappuccinos, please? Come on. Regular decaf, Sarge? Ah, uh, decaf later.
1: Four hijackings in two months, and we don't have anything. DVD players and digital cameras alone are worth a million, too, which brings the grand total to six million-plus. We're in the political crosshairs now, Brian. That's why you're undercover.
0: You want that detective badge fast, kid. And you want to know something? The FBI
1: can help if you come through for us. What does the truck driver say?
0: He gave us the same M.O., three Honda Civics, precision driving, same green neon glow. From so our- in this minute, we see that Tanner brings Brian into the police hideout because he, he starts the minute there, and then Bilkins gives Brian some grief about losing the car. Muse makes the team iced cappuccinos, and then Tanner, Bilkins, <laughs> and Brian's debrief about Dom.
1: They're decaf iced cappuccinos, too, by the way.
0: Uh, Decaf, I think. The only thing that's weirder about that question being in the movie is Tanner not knowing whether he wants regular or decaf.
1: You know, I think that he's answering for Brian, so he doesn't get, like, Brian amped.
0: Oh, because tensions are already high. Yes. Wilkins and Brian are already, like, at each other's throats a little bit, like, we don't need... It. Yeah. I, I like that. That's that's smart.
1: Okay. That's what I think is going on there. Did you... You didn't read that at first, but it makes no, sense. No, but I mean, it
0: makes sense. I was just like... Because Muse is... Like, Muse is his partner in the field, right? Like, Muse is the one who arrests Brian, they bring him back, he sits yeah. down to do some work, and he's just like, hey. Go make us some coffees, and just like it's like a weird back and forth. I don't know why there's the I don't I don't know why they're sipping the coffee, other than like it's funny. Like I I don't know why it's in here, but I like it. I appreciate it. Uh, and they, they look well know. made. Like there's a lot of like foam, with a lot of cream on top. Like it looks like what know, kind like, of coffee machine do they have there? Do they address it later? You know that's just misappropriation of public funds, right? Like that's you know they have an yeah. eighty thousand dollar car. Brian lost in lost in pink slips, and then got shot up by Johnny Tran. So that's eighty grand in public taxpayer money gone, and now. Now they've probably got like a multi-thousand dollar coffee machine that churns out these beautiful iced decaf I, yeah. frappuccinos, right? Like, you know, where, 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 does the, where does the spending end? <laughs> it's just a money pit. The fucking L.A. Police Department blowing boy, boy. cash
1: like crazy. Yeah.
0: I was just getting flashes forward to uh, Stasiak here because there's such tension between the the fbi and cops and everything so not necessarily a future fast connection but just like you know where's stasiak when you need him so like as i was tracking all these like background extras with the cops like with what they're wearing i was like oh there's a guy in a green shirt and i was like wait a minute i was like he wasn't out in the previous shot and i was like is this like did i catch a goof in the movie and no there's a guy that i saw like walking that basically walks outside and so there's one cop in one shot who was inside was now outside. But he's out there with another cop, so I don't know if they're on a smoke break, I don't know if they just wanted some quiet, I don't know if they, you know, wanted to escape the tension, but yeah, cop number three from the previous minute is now outside with another officer. So that was my big uh, big observation.
1: The only thing that I took away is that I was going to try to get the computers and stuff. The way they shoot this, it's a lot of face magic. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell what anything is, right? But I noticed one really cool thing. Muse on his desk has on Muse's desk, okay. Yeah, on Muse's desk because he answers about the coffee thing. Yep. He has a Wilson brand San Diego Chargers football, like like a small. Do you remember those like rubber footballs yeah. mm-hmm. that you'd play with in school? Yep. Full rubber, you know. So he has one of those on his desk, which is kind of ironic because recently the Chargers have moved to Los
0: Angeles, right? mm Hmm. Well, they started in Los Angeles,
1: but they weren't in Los Angeles in ninety or two thousand one.
0: No. But they had been like probably fifteen years,
1: maybe, or maybe actually. Hold on, let me look that up. When did they move back and forth and back and forth?
0: Because I know in '84 the Rams were in Los Angeles, so okay. Yeah. Oh no, I guess they had been. Like, they were the LA Chargers in 1960. They had been in San Diego for 55 years. Okay, so yeah. So I it just, uh, it's. I guess that's also like there's there weren't there was no LA team, right? So people were just a Chargers fan. Yeah, it makes sense. Because the Rams were in sense. St. Louis at the time. They were yeah. actually going to be in the Super Bowl. They had just been in the Super Bowl year 2000. Oakland.
1: Right? Oakland had the Raiders.
0: Oakland the Raiders. Yeah. So in 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 Nine there, you'll probably either maybe a Rams fan if you stayed true and like you know they followed them to St. Louis or you're a Chargers yeah. fan for proximity or Niners or Raiders up you know North California but like geographically the one that makes the most sense is the Chargers but you're right like it is coincidental that now they are hometown team again beside that he also has a
1: baseball that's kind of on like one of those stands like you would be like hundredth home run or whatever yep. and you yeah. put it on that like little wooden thing with a placard on the front of it so he's big so Muse is a big sports fan apparently
0: very, very but other
1: cool. than that there's like really nothing in this minute especially for me like we got the pictures last time and stuff and it's so much like focusing on their faces and their dialogue that like i can't really pick up anything in the background it's a lot of blurriness
0: yeah i was uh, kind I of disappointed just, was... in that like there's a lot of things that like we could have gained information from but there's there's not there's much like to a box see. in bilkins's
1: office that has something written on it but you can't make out what it says so like yeah i was i was more disappointed than anything
0: it's, it's not a bad minute because i think we get some information we get a lot of dialogue here we get more dialogue here than maybe any other minute ever possibly uh there's a lot here we get the coffee but we know that the don screw is heisted over six million dollars in in goods and i thought it was DVD... two billion no the dvd players and the digital cameras are worth a million too. the grand total is six ah. million plus
1: okay sorry yeah that's what it was. A million two. Yeah. yeah. That was just sense,
0: the most yeah. recent heist. The heist in the beginning of this movie, a million two. Which means probably, you know, whatever they're going to fence that for, say they get 40, 40 cents on the dollar. Say they make like four eighty. The guy who calls, you know, the Rogers, he's probably getting twenty five grand. So they're probably they're they're each making like a hundred k,
1: maybe. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. That's like one of my biggest qualms with fucking Gone in sixty seconds. Did we ever talk about this? I don't know. I don't think so. Then in Gone in sixty seconds, they're stealing all these. Like they're like this car is like there's only one in the world and it's worth like a million dollars. And the whole heist in Gone in sixty seconds, he's like, I'm gonna pay you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for all of these cars. So they steal fifty cars in one night that are worth like a million dollars each and they give them $250,000. Like, that's a fucking rip-off.
0: But isn't it, like, aren't they doing it because, like, they're in deep or something? Like, their backs are against the wall. It's not like they're just doing it for fun. No,
1: I know, but his brother originally took the job for $250,000 for 50 cars. Yeah, which is just stupid. Yeah, it's, like, a very fucking terrible deal. And they, like, even they're like, no, like we, doesn't, like, we don't want the money. Like, we just want our friend back. But either way, I'm like, this makes no sense. Like, why am I going to go out there and steal 50 cars, and how much are they making each? Like, 20 grand? Right? There's like a huge ass team. Why don't you just steal one of the cars and like, or two, three? Oh, sorry. That's a qualm that I have with that
0: movie. But it's really about the friends that you make along the way and that romantic moment that <laughs> Sway and Nicholas Cage have in the, in the car. It's the shifter. Yeah. Yeah. The curious. I still got
1: your face.
0: All right. So the only other thing in the minute, unless there's any other thoughts that you have, but based on the notes, I don't think there is. This is kind of an underwhelming no. notes sheet. But trivia yes. question What drink does Tanner ask me to make for the team? You like this question? You have a better question.
1: No, that's exactly what I would have done with it. It's a very, very good question. I agree with you. So
0: I said iced cappuccinos, iced coffees, iced lattes, or Irish coffees. I'm glad that we actually went with Toretto's Hot Rod Heaven because... Otherwise, the answer to this trivia question would once again be in the minute title, which is yes. on the quiz itself. So it's good that we pivoted away from that.
1: Yeah, I I made the conscious decision to do that too. So
0: yeah, yeah, very smart. that works very, for me.
1: Very, very smart.
0: Okay, is is ice cappuccinos
1: okay, or do we have to distinguish decaf? Because he says decaf afterwards. I think the ice cappuccinos is a is a hundred percent valid answer.
0: He asked for ice cappuccinos, and then he, there's yes. clarification past that. It's kind of like I don't want another tuna no crust situation here, right? Like tuna on white, tuna on wheat tune no crust. Yes. We don't we don't want to overcomplicate our own quiz, even though the quiz is already overly complicated.
1: That's what I'm saying. So like but ice cappuccinos is a fair answer.
0: Oh yeah I think so absolutely cool. Let's take a break. Let's hear another word from Chevy and then let's talk about that sweet sweet Chevy Bel Air coupe in uh two lane blacktop. Mm.
1: Number 74, two-lane blacktop, too fast, too forever. This episode is brought to you by Chevy. 2020 Corvette offers a first-ever production retractable hardtop. The top adds just 77 pounds to the weight of the vehicle and flows seamlessly into the body while maintaining Stingray's impressive storage capabilities. Chevrolet.
0: Well, thank you, Chevrolet, and thank you, Ben Milliman, for picking this movie. This is a movie that I think I had on my list to watch for a while. I think this is one of those cult classic car movies, and I... Finally had a reason to, so thank you for that. Did you recognize, did you do any research? Do you know who these two main actors are? I did some research, and I learned that one of them was one of the Beach Boys, right? So the mechanic the blonde hair guy, yes. is Dennis Wilson. He's the drummer for the Beach Boys. Okay, yeah. The main guy, the driver, because they don't even have character names. They're just the driver and the mechanic. Yeah. He is James Taylor, singer-songwriter. I like the movie. I really like the movie. There's not a lot of plot in this movie. It's more of like a slice-of-life no kind of thing. The trivia behind this, like sort of the the, the making of the behind-the-scenes of this is actually almost more interesting than the movie itself. So let me, let me set the scene here for... Because this is a very strange movie in that... The two leads are basically not actors. They're just two musicians. Uh, The girl, this was her debut. The only one of the four people who had acting experience before was Warren Oates, who plays GTO. He also doesn't have a name.
1: He plays the guy with the GTO. Yes.
0: So this is the only time that James Taylor ever acted in a movie, aside from being like cameos of himself in certain things. And the director, Monty Hellman, saw a billboard of him advertising his new album. He's just like, I want that guy. That guy looks like he should be in my movie. And so he cast him in the movie.
1: Damn. Okay. Dennis
0: Wilson drummer for the Beach Boys, plays mechanic. Yeah. This is also his only acting performance. He was cast four days before production began, and the director chose him because he felt that he, quote, had lived that role, that he really grew up with cars, after, I guess, hearing stories about him. I
1: remember that one.
0: So other people who were considered for this, we had Chris Christofferson was the first choice for the role of the driver. Bruce Dern was offered the role of the driver but declined. And then Jack Nicholson was considered for a role, too. So I think this is sort of like mm. the Easy Rider era-ish, you know what I mean? Like, just kind of those yeah. classic Hollywood kind of guys, this kind of movie. It was very Easy Rider-ish, yeah. So the actors on set only got the script, like, day by day. day. So they'd be like, here, yeah. we're shooting. The over eight weeks, so here's what we're shooting today. And they all hated it, which I can understand, especially if you're not really an actor. You'd be like, why can't I? And so then eventually, the director gave James Taylor the entire script and he didn't read it and like as of 2007 he hadn't even seen the movie so like I don't I don't know what's going on there
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Was he just, like, angry about the movie afterwards? Like, post? No idea. Like, maybe. regret later? Maybe
0: Lori Bird, uh, who is the girl who plays Bird. I was thinking maybe Bird just because, you know, that's sort of old-timey, like, slang for, like, a girl. Like, oh, look at that bird yeah, over there. Yeah, like like Or whatever. Also, her last name is Bird. Uh, she became romantically involved in the making of the film with the director, Monty Hellman. How old was she in this movie? Because she looks 14. She was, like, like, 17, 18, I think. Yeah. She's very young. And she had a tragic end. She would be in two more movies, Cockfighter and then Annie Hall, which is one of the best movies of all time. And then she committed suicide in 1979. Oof. And by 83, three of the four leading actors were all dead. She took her own life. Warren Oates, GTO, suffered a fatal heart attack in 82 when he was 53. And then Dennis Wilson drowned a year later. So James Taylor was the only one who was who sort of survived for a while.
1: Pretty cursed, right? Dark, yeah. yeah.
0: The original cut of the movie was three and a half hours long, except the director had to requ- had to deliver a two-hour version, so he, he cut it down to an hour 45.
1: Maybe that's where the, all the plot went.
0: Yes, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think that it was probably just
1: a longer slice-of-life movie, and I actually would have enjoyed a three-hour version of this. Like, I, It wouldn't have bothered me.
0: So here's, and I, I'm sort of saving the car thing for last, because I can get to that and sort of pivot into the actual discussion of the movie. The head of Universal at the time, Lou Wasserman, And also, shout-out Universal for making the Fast and Furious movie. So this is, again... Yep, I saw that little
1: connection. Yeah.
0: He hated the movie and refused to allow any advertising, which was instrumental in the film's commercial failure, which, duh, like, if you can't advertise the movie, like, how do you expect it to be good? It was also pulled from theaters within weeks of its original release. And, like, back then, movies were just, like, in theaters for months and months because there were fewer movies, and, like, it just gave people... There was no home video, so it gave people time to go see it. But they just pulled it almost immediately. So, like, it really... Like I was saying before aside from not being able to go to DVD for like decades. They really didn't want anybody to see this movie. It was almost impossible for people to see this movie for like 30, 35 years, which is crazy. Esquire magazine in 1971 Mm -hmm. published the entire screenplay. And on the cover of the magazine said our nomination for movie of the year, but they never explained why they did that. Um, They never reviewed the film when it came out. It, came and left theater so quickly that they later at the end of the year nominated themselves for the dubious achievements of the year like basically like hey we kind of goofed on that one but that's like a weird like hey we love this movie we're not going to explain why we're not (laughs) going to ever talk about it again and then you also you can't see it because it's going to get pulled from theaters it's like what yeah and then they're like we goofed Whoops. Brock Yates, the guy who made the cannonball run, which we might be covering later this lap, said this movie was a major influence on him, which I can yes. Say. I did not read this one because this is a very long one, but one of my, he's kind of hit or miss, but somebody who has made several of my favorite movies of all time, Richard Linklater, apparently has 16 reasons why he loves this movie. You ready for these? Yeah, read them. Number one, because it's the purest American road movie ever.
1: That's it. That's a fair assessment. I'll get into it. That's like one of the best parts of the movie for me is that like it gave me like a weird emotional connection and nostalgia for like driving with like my grandfather. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. like being in the car with him like back in the day. Yeah. It really gave me that. So yeah, I can agree with that.
0: Number two. Because it's like a drive-in movie directed by a French New Wave director. Interesting. Okay. Fair. Number three, because the only thing they can get between a boy and his car obsession is a girl, and Lori Bird perfectly messes up the oneness between the driver, the mechanic, and their car.
1: She she throws the whole thing off, like all of it.
0: Yeah, just by sleeping with a uh, with the driver, right? Because the mechanic. No, she sleeps with the mechanic. Driver she loves sleeps her. Sleeps with the mechanic. Sleeps with the mechanic.
1: And then flirts with the
0: GTO. Number four, because Dennis Wilson gives the greatest performance ever. Dot 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 by a drummer.
1: <laughs> Fair.
0: Number 5 Probably because James true. Taylor seems like a refugee from a Robert Bresson movie and has the chiseled looks of Artois from Dreyer's The Passion of Joan of Arc. That's a little bit of film snobbery from things that I don't know.
1: I think that the characters do are very well cast. They they fit the roles. They look the part.
0: That's most of the most of the ask here because they're not asked to do a lot, right? It's basically like look yeah. Like You Belong, yep. right? Yeah. Number six, because there once was a god who walked the earth named Warren Oates. Okay. GTO. Number seven, because there's a continuing controversy over who is the actual lead in the movie. There are different camps. Some say it's a 55 Chevy. Some say it's a GTO. But I'm Goatman. I have a GTO 68.
1: So who do you think is the lead in the movie? Of the cars? Is it the car lead or like the person that's the lead? I
0: think he's saying between the cars. I don't know. I think between the cars, I think it's probably the chevy i think it's the chevy
1: and i think the driver is the main character in the movie
0: i don't know like i I like what richard Linklater said before about the like the oneness of like i think it's i don't i don't know that any of them really like it's all three it's the driver not bird but like the driver the mechanic and the car all together right like it's kind of just the three of them embodied in one one thing yeah i agree number eight because it has the most purely cinematic ending in film history which apparently came to the director in a dream.
1: Felt dreamy. It felt, it definitely felt uh, surreal. Where they're racing
0: with no sound. And then just like, there's like a cigarette burn that sort of dissolves the screen. That's it in the movie. That's it. Number nine, because it's like a Western, the guys are like old time gunfighters ready to outdraw the quickest gun in town. And they don't talk about the old flames they've had, but rather old cars they've had. Okay. Number 10, because Warren Oates has a different cashmere sweater for every occasion. And of course, the wet bar in the trunk.
1: Yeah, he definitely does have a wet bar in the trunk. But he also has more than that. His trunk, he can go up, down, sideways, whatever way you want to go.
0: Yeah. Number 11, because unlike other films of the era, with the designer alienation of the drug culture and the war protesters... This movie is about the alienation of everyone else, like Robert Frank's The Americans Come Alive.
1: Hmm. The alienation of everyone
0: else. It does feel like that if you're not one of these guys, like, you're missing out, right? Like, it's not like these are the outcasts. It seems like this is who you want to be, almost, right? Yeah, in the sense that the GTO,
1: want, he wants to be them. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he seems like a normal guy that just bought a car, but he's like, oh, he wants to be a road warrior and, like, drive, and stuff like that. And he's just like this lame guy that's just like kind of following
0: them around. Yeah, you and know? by the end, when he picks up the, the final Hitchhikers or whatever, because he's picking up Hitchhikers all movie long, and he's just like, yeah, you know where I got this car? I got this car all, you know, racing for pinks. But like, he's, no, you didn't. Like, you bought the car. But like, he's got <laughs> stories because he was like adjacent to stories for a little bit, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Number 12, because Warren Oates, as GTO, orders a hamburger and an Alka-Seltzer and says things like everything is going too fast and
1: not fast enough. He says at one point, one of them says like,
0: it goes too fast and they're like you could never you go, go fast and that's that's the pull quote for every movie that we do all the Fast and Furious movies and not like I just have a quote on cageclub.me under the picture and that's the one you can never go fast enough yep exactly number 13 because it's both the last film of the 60s even though it came out in 71 and also the first film in the 70s you know that great era of how the hell did they ever get that film made at a studio Hollywood would never do that today those type of films. That's
1: fair. This is a very A24 60s movie.
0: No, I don't even... I don't... Mm.
1: It's very A24. Like, you get, like, a director that just has you, an idea. So you're just using A24
0: as just, like, your embodiment of any indie studio.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yes. Because well, that's, I was that's your reference for everything. That's that's a very general thing, yes.
0: That's the point. Like, this doesn't feel like it should be a big-budget studio movie, but This wasn't a universal was. movie, no.
1: But it has, like, a French director making a film about American road warriors is a slice of life film that has an ending that just drops off. That doesn't get shown anywhere.
0: Come on. Is that not like... Well, the, I mean, the director is American. It just feels like a French movie. But the guy is American. Okay. He's, from, he's from New York. Like, he's embodying America. He's like, This is Americana in a way. It's, it's just... It feels not like that. Yeah, okay. Number 14, because engines have never sounded better in a movie. The engines do sound really nice in this movie. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think that's kind of... We talked about this on the episode of Drive over on Boyfriend Material on our Ryan Gosling podcast, but, like... In that movie, Nicholas Winding Refn, like, underplays the score and the soundtrack at times to, like, play up the engine, right? Because it's, like, in the beginning, there's, like, the, the tick of the clock, and then, like, at one point... Gosling turns the engine on, and they, like, way the fuck ramp up the sound. Yeah. I'm sure, even though I have no evidence to back this up, that Nicholas Winding in a scene and loved this movie. You know what I mean?
1: It feels very much true. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I have no evidence either, but I can agree with
0: you. Yeah. Number 15, because these two young men on their trip to nowhere don't really know how to talk. The driver doesn't really converse when he's behind the wheel, and the mechanic doesn't really talk when he's working on the car. It's primarily a visual, atmospheric experience watch this movie correctly is to become absorbed into
1: it it actually feels more real that they don't talk a lot because they're like just two car guys that just want to like drive and fix the car so like they don't have a lot to say to each other yeah they just like want to be in the car and cruise
0: and not even cruise in like the american graffiti sense just like that's why i think why bird fits in nicely too because they're like she's like where are you going and they say east she's like cool i've never been east it's just like we're just, we're here yeah. for the ride. It kind of feels like the kind of movie where, like, one of them should die, but, like, they don't. Like, they just all, you know? <laughs> they just end. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, this is, you know, this is just our life. Like, we, you're with us for a couple of days, a week or two, whatever this movie takes place over. I think it's a couple days. It's this, like yeah, this is like two days. Yeah. And number 16, and above all else, because two lane Blacktop goes all the way with this idea, and that's a rare thing in this world, a completely honest movie it does go all the way with its idea
1: i think that this is precisely what this director and writer were were trying to make it does feel real
0: so basically if you have not seen two lane blacktop it is kind of like race wars the movie except not really there is race wars at one point a couple points like the whole thing is they're just going around the country like they live in their car they live from their car just it doesn't seem like they're in a romantic relationship with each other but they might as well be like it's just them against no they're definitely
1: not they're just, they're just buds. Yeah. They're in a relationship, but not a romantic relationship. If anything, they're in a romantic relationship with the car, and they both are in the romantic relationship with the car.
0: Ménage. <laughs> when they're like, hey, we're out of money, they go find a race nearby, and they win the race, and then they go on. And like the race that they win toward the end, when they're out of money, and this is when GTO sort of hooks them up, they put up their tools against them. like They don't have money, but they have like collateral, basically. And so they win the race, Yes. get $300, and basically they have enough money to get to the next... Whatever, right? Like the next town, yes. The next race, wherever they're going, it's two guys exceptionally good at what they do, complementary parts to one another, going around, and this we're just following them for a couple of days, and like that's the movie. Like it's very very light on plot because you're like because like I don't know how much there actually is to talk about because there's like there's a lot to talk about, but there's also. Not a lot happens, yeah. but like, that's by design. I watched
1: this movie. I've never seen it before. I was like feeling very flighty today, and it like perfectly matched my mood as well. It's passive, but it draws you in. Mm-hmm. It definitely has a, a
0: drive feel to it, right? There's almost like an equal number of words in either movie, because like, driver the goblin character, speaks as little as either of these guys, right? It's just like...
1: Yeah, but you also feel like you're somehow there. Like, you are you feel like you're there and you're involved, but you're not. That you're, like, you're watching this, like, as if you're part of it. That's the thing that, like, really, like, they nail, both of them. So that's why I find it so relatable to that. You also are a character somehow. Like, you don't feel like you're in the movie. It's not from, like, a first-person perspective. You just get, like, drawn in because it's, like, so passive, You're like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, you're just like driving. You're like, cool. Nobody's really talking. It was interesting.
0: You kind of feel like you're in the backseat with Bird. I do. There's a lot of shots
1: that are from the backseat, too right? So like that kind of puts you in the back seat.
0: Yeah, we're ju- you know, we're just we're just not giving uh, anybody a, a back rub with so little talking coming from them. You
1: don't have anything to interject. So you're not like thinking about it. You know, did you like this movie?
0: I did. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it again, but I enjoyed my time with it. Actually, I might watch it again. I just you know, I
1: would watch it again, like sometime soon, too. Like I want to like digest it. I was trying to describe it to Rachel in the car home of, like, what happens. And I was like, it's this movie, there's no really, there's not really a plot, and I start describing, like, parts to her, and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, maybe that's a better way. Like,
0: I would watch it again soon, but then maybe not for a while. Like, I don't know, there's movies that you sort of forget things about, but it kind of feels like the movie that you're not going to forget things, because, number one, there's not a lot to remember, but number two, just because, like, it feels so itself, right? It's not like other things. It's purely, I think it's what Richard Linklater was saying in a way that's, like, it's so pure and true to its idea that it just continues. And, like, no other movies like this, I don't think, because, like, no other movie is kind of daring enough to do this. Yeah,
1: fair. And That's it's not even, point. like, an,
0: like a really ambitious idea. It just feels, like, honest, right? Like, it just feels... Like, yeah. it's, it's not anything that you haven't seen before. It's just, like, this is this is what we're doing.
1: It, it definitely feels like anything that the movie studio could have said that they wanted, they were like, yeah, fuck that. We're not doing that.
0: I do want to say, though, in terms of trivia, the last thing that I did not say that I want to sort of transition in, like, the reason I think maybe that Ben picked it for the lap, keeping with our theme, is the car that they use in the movie is the 1955 Chevy Bel Air Coupe. That car, there were three cars that they used in the movie, like three different models of that, right? There was one with twin carburetors, there was another one of some kind, and there was a third one with a roll cage installed. Okay. Gonna shoot, they didn't shoot. So I guess at some point this is gonna roll, where there's that one scene where there's like that brutal accident. And the guy just, like, laying out of his car all bloody with a broken neck. And, like, it feels like that they could have been a role there. You know what I mean? That also feels very Nicholas Winding Refn in that moment, like, just, like, needlessly violent, like, hyper-violent, like, in a (laughs) realistic way.
1: Yeah, and they're like, we saw some shit, and they just, like, leave.
0: And also, there's there's a scene in Wild at Heart, which might be my favorite movie, which is definitely my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. It's a David Lynch one. It's kind of his take sort of a little bit on The Wizard of Oz. At one point toward the end, Nicholas Cage and Laura Dern who play Sailor and Lula are on the road and they just see like a brutal car accident they find Sherilyn Fenn who plays Audrey Horn on Twin Peaks is just like wandering sort of dazed on the side of the road and like they go over like are you okay and like she has like a part of her skull missing and like she's like touching her br- her head she's like it's so sticky and she's like touching her brain and she dies in front of them it's just like Ugh. why is this like it's just like so crazy violent but it's like same kind of like a terrible thing happened and we're here in the aftermath but we're still seeing like a visceral response to that like that is in yeah. Wild at Heart and it's here and it's in the Reffin movies it's just like Man, this is crazy. But anyway, back to the car for a second. Tying into one of the Patreon picks, one of the twin carburetors was driven by Harrison Ford in American Graffiti, and then the car with the roll cage that they didn't use in this movie was used for a role in American Graffiti as well. So two of the three cars that were like basically the main character kind of in this movie wound up being used a couple years later in American Graffiti.
1: That's very, very cool. I didn't know that fact. That's a really cool tidbit. You know that I'm a huge American Graffiti fan. Yeah.
0: So not only did this sort of inspire in a way the Cannonball Run, but it also directly helped out with or led to American Graffiti. So this is kind of like a quintessential car, cult classic car, influential movie. You know what I mean? So...
1: Yeah. Very cool. There was a lot of really cool cars in this movie, right? Just because of the era. And it's funny of them talking that, like, the GTO is, like, the new car. It's a city car. The 55, Bel-Air was the the antique. Isn't that funny to you? Yeah. like, now we kind of, like, lump them together?
0: Well, just, like, you know, it's the same kind of thing, like, where you, like, turn on an oldie station now, and, like, there's stuff from, like, the 90s, right? It's just, like, we've come a long way. But, yeah, it just, you know, the passage of time makes fools of us all or whatever. Like, everything just fades into time. And, yeah, a car that's 15 years old, right? So... As opposed yeah. to, like, a two-year-old brand-new or whatever brand-new
1: GTO. I had some interesting fast connections in this movie. Okay. The recurring theme that runs through this movie that was very Fast and the Furious to me, like, the the theme, the core of it, was that these guys are the wrench monkeys, right? Like, yeah. these guys are build from the ground up. Those are the guys that, like, you know, fix the car. They're making the fastest car. And they are racing the guy that just bought his car off the line. More than you can afford, pal, Ferrari. Exactly. So like at the core of it, this is a very Fast and Furious theme that we see here. And I really enjoyed that. They do become more friends with this guy than I think Dom and Brian would ever be with like a rich guy that bought his car. But I like that dynamic, right? That this is, he's the poser, the buster. He just bought his car. He doesn't really know how to drive it. He definitely doesn't know how to fix it. And, like, you have these two guys that are, like, driving this, like, beat-up old car, which is, like, you know, the tuner that they put money into the car and, like, tweak it, and it's much faster than his car.
0: Like, I want to talk about their dynamic, because their dynamic, like, the GTO and the driver and the mechanic is a weird dynamic, because, like, they start out antagonistic and they have this, like, race across country for pinks and everything, and you're like, oh, shit, and then, like... I think they quickly realize, they're like, oh, this guy's a chump. Like, he's just, he's whatever. Like, there's there's no way they were going to lose this race. So, like, they just sort of start helping him.
1: They almost feel bad for him. And they're so apathetic about the race after they see how pathetic he is. The race is such an
0: afterthought to them, right? Yeah, they, like, he, like, takes off, like, he, like, like he leaves early, right? Like, after they're doing something <laughs> and, like, he leaves. And they're like, cool. And like, they think almost, like, effort, like, we don't see it, but they, they effortlessly catch up to him, right? Like, because basically the next morning, yeah. they're wherever he is. And I think it's interesting to see where they both start from. He picks up the hitchhiker. He's like, these cars, this car's been following me for three states. And then he pulls in the gas station and they follow in. But, like, they don't give a shit. Like, they're just there. No, they just happen to be passing each other. Yeah. They're definitely
1: not following him. If anything, he's following them.
0: We see their perspective in cars, like, people, like, behind them or in front of them or whatever. Like, they're honking, like, they want to race, they want to race. They're just like, no, like, we're not going to. Like, why, why bother? But like, there's nothing here for us. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to just race yep. to race. And I think it's funny to see those perspectives. That the one guy is so paranoid, like, oh, like, these guys, like, these hippies or whatever, right? Like, they're going to...
1: are out to get us. Yeah. They're out to get me in my new fast car. They know that they want to race
0: it. And it's just like, no, they you, just... you're just paranoid. You're just, like, you're not good <laughs> at driving. And they're just like, God, like, we're going the same direction. Like, we're both going east. <laughs> exactly. But what I also do love is that his carburetor has... It's leaking or whatever, right? And... This is my favorite, like, scene
1: of the movie. Or, like, my favorite little piece of the movie and that's the one of the ones I
0: described to Rachel. They're like, you know, you can go, you can stop at the next town. It's only gonna take like an, if they have the parts, it's only gonna take an hour. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, thanks, man. Like that, I really no, appreciate that. No, no, no. He gets
1: mad at first. He's like, no, like I'm not gonna let you like get in front of me. And they're like, dude, like if you really want, we'll go. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, fo- we'll follow you there. Me.
0: We'll even drive with you. Like it's fine. We'll send we'll send Bird with you. Like whatever, It doesn't matter. He goes to the garage and like falls asleep at the garage.
1: Well, he gets wasted at the garage. Is what he does. He like drinks himself into a stupor. So he's passed out at the garage. So he's
0: passed out, and so the mechanic goes to an auto parts store spends i know it's not the same thing as today but they like, spend six dollars on this kit and just like fixes the car they like lug his you know inebriated body into the car and the guy wakes up a couple hours later just like in the car but just driving he's just like wait where it doesn't seem phased by he's just like oh like this is you know
1: like no they put him to sleep in the car they fix the car yeah and they just leave him there and so they like go go get dinner and he eventually sees him like pulls up and he's like did you guys fuck with my carburetor and they just ignore him Right. Like they're just, they're just talking. They're like, we need money. Like we need to go find a race, whatever, whatever. He's like, it gets places faster than it used to. And Bird's like, yeah, they, they fixed your car. Yeah. They're so apathetic about this race that they make his car faster for him. Yeah. That's awesome. The movie ends
0: and he still has their pink slip. Not that... I don't know that it matters. No, they mailed them, right? Wasn't that the deal? It doesn't seem like they're on the way to D.C. Like, they're not going to get the car, right? Like, it just feels... Yeah. It feels like their car is his for the taking, sort of, but also not... I don't know.
1: Yeah. They feel like they're going to get bored with this, and what is he going to do? Come take the title for this fucking old car? Like, the, the only winner in this is them winning his car, and at the point where they don't care about them winning his car anymore... He's never going to go try to collect the Chevy from them. So they're like, yeah, whatever. What the fuck does a pink slip matter? Like, they rebuilt this whole car themselves, so, like, they don't need the title.
0: You know, to the point, like, even if he had their car, like... Part of the story of Hayes is that he's riding alone, he's getting tired, right? Like he doesn't need two cars. he can barely handle one car, right? Like it's just like Yeah, he's bored and lonely by himself
1: in the one. Like he doesn't need a second he's not even gonna be able to take a second car.
0: That's the thing. He doesn't have any friends to like get this other car with him. He's just got like a series of like misadventures with hitchhikers, like Harry Dean Stanton, who's like one of the greatest character actors of all time. Like like, he picks him up and he's like the guy like trying to flirt with him and like putting his hand on his leg or whatever. He's like, No, I'm not into that. I'm not into that.
1: He's like, get out of the car now. He's like, dude, it's raining. I really enjoy the GTO character because of how much of a buster he is. Yeah. Every time he gets into, like, somebody else gets into the car, he starts telling them a different story. Like, he so wants to be cool. It goes beyond being corny, and it be- just becomes, like, pathetic. And I think that that's where the the driver and the mechanic get to in the movie, too.
0: Yeah, because, like, I think, like, by the end, GTO is actually, on a certain level, like, cooler than he's ever been, just because, like, he, he has, like, understanding and appreciation for, like, what they who they are and what they do and what the car is and everything. And then... Yeah. Really like oh he's finally becoming like a normal person and then the last scene he's like yes I just won this car off a couple like you know gearheads or whatever so guy come on like you you were
1: you were right there (laughs) he's still trying to impress people yeah his whole persona is that he's trying to impress people from the car to the stories to like him being with them and they're so passive about his like fake coolness because they are so fucking
0: cool that like they're just like yeah whatever doesn't matter right he's Hitchhiker story kind of reminded me. Have you seen the movie Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson? No. So she, in it, she plays an alien. Okay. At the end of last year, when people were putting out like the best of the decade list, like it was like top five, and a lot of film critics like I love yeah, that movie. Yeah, I
1: saw. I definitely heard about it. Yeah.
0: But the reason I bring it up is because she plays an alien. Not really a spoiler as much as the plot, but like she seduces men, brings them back to her lair, basically consumes them. They just okay. sort of like fall into like this black goo that she's able to walk across. And then she just kind of absorbs their essence or something. It's 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 impossible to describe because, like, you don't know what's going on. In the movie, they were shooting this over in Europe somewhere. She was literally in, like, a small town in, like, some Slavic country, right? Okay. As Scarlett Johansson, but in character, driving around this town talking to actual people on the street like hey like directions like hey do you want to come like do you want to come hang out or whatever and she's just talking to like these like you know soccer hooligans or whatever these like 22 25 year old who are looking at a woman who looks like Scarlett Johansson and like it's like this really weird surreal like hitchhiker kind of thing and then in the movie she'll pick up characters and she'll bring them back or whatever but like she's talking yeah, to but... all these people on the side of the road and it's this and weird hyper real hyper-real thing that like hasn't been done and i was getting flashes of that in this because it's this weird like you don't see a lot of like Interactions between like driver and passenger and hitchhiker, unless like that's what the entire movie's about. But in both those, it's like a key point, but it's not the point of the movie, right? Like, it's like, yeah, he's doing it to get people to so she can eat them or whatever, and he's doing it just so he can feel, I guess, something, right? Like, because he just feels yeah. midlife crisis, he's maybe he so bought this lonely. new car, and yeah, he just, that's not doing anything for him.
1: So, what part
0: of this, what do you think his backstory
1: is? Do you think that the part that he tells that, like, I had a like a life and a family, and I just lost it all. Mm, that part's real. I don't know
0: that we can. I don't know that we can believe anything of his.
1: Maybe he was just like always like a zeb, like he just like was not cool and like this is how he's trying to react to it.
0: I think in that regard he's the most interesting character because I think we know exactly who the mechanic and the driver and bird are, right? They're very real. Yeah. They're true to themselves.
1: But yeah, he's like a, more of a an enigma. Like you can't figure out like I feel like he has to be like a dude like is going through a midlife crisis like you said, right? Like, maybe something happened, he lost his family, or he never had a family, or something. Like, he broke up with a girlfriend, he's like, I'm gonna buy this car and just drive across America. Because he's trying to sell this, like, coolness and driving across America and car guys so much that it, like, it's not real. It can't be
0: real. Yeah, I, I don't think anything's real. I think that he's, like, I think just the same way that we are in the back of the, the Bel Air, like, I think we're kind of with him that, like, it's just weird characters that he's lying to as well. Like, we don't really ever, do we ever see him alone like we just always kind of see him with people right
1: no like, we see him alone just picking up hitchhikers like for like a second right? yeah but like we're like never like, like with him for
0: like a prolonged. like he's always telling his story to someone else and like the story's never the same so yes yeah i don't know that you know if we saw him driving alone for a while that we would learn anything it's not like he's gonna be talking to himself but i feel like because we never see him by himself we are never able to take him at his word i also find
1: it interesting that he like he was carrying all types of music Like, he was carrying all types of... These
0: are some groovy records as she picks up tapes.
1: No, the fascinating part about that for me is that, like, trying to have appeal for multiple people. Like, he's so lonely... That like he buys a car that he thinks is cool. He keeps every type of music in his car to be like, I can play any kind of music
0: that you would like. Yeah, he's, he picks up he's like he's Han in the bad way. He's a chameleon, but he's like a like a dorky chameleon, right? He's just like, hey, hey, like, yeah. uh, what do you like? I, oh, I like that too. Like, I have it right here. Such a people
1: pleaser, right? Yeah, and like he'll pick up like a business guy. He'll pick up like. An old lady and her daughter, right? Like, he doesn't care who it is. Like, he just wants some type of connection
0: somewhere. It's very weird. What other fast connections did you have? Because I don't have a ton here. I Like, I, I started taking some notes, and I wasn't taking a lot of notes, and I was like, taking notes is kind of, like, adversely impacting. I, like, I feel like I like the movie less yes, when I was taking notes.
1: I agree. I took very few notes. Other fast FastNections, some like on-the-nose ones, they race for pinks.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A
1: cool one that I noticed that like at some point during a race, they're racing a Dodge Charger. Okay. Right? Uh, he's like, oh, like, yeah, look at this Dodge Charger over there. And I was like, oh, that's very cool. The other thing was they're racing for $300, right? Do you know what $300 is if you do an inflation calculator for $300?
0: So, my favorite podcast, Never Not Funny, which I talk about on okay. here a lot, they have a side series, a video series on YouTube where Jimmy goes through history, of like years of his life through music. And, like, in each, the only reason I bring this up is because at the beginning of each year, each video, like, each video is a year. They have, like, the price of, like, a gallon of gas. They have the price of a house. And they have a price of, like, a, a random item. Either, yeah. like, a milk or eggs or, like, an NES or whatever, right? Yeah. I watched a bunch today. And, like, so, like, in 1990, like, a gallon of gas was, like, between, like, like 90 cents and a dollar. So, like, that's two and a half times there. I would say maybe... I'm I'm guessing the the reason you bring this up is because it's probably two grand. It's two grad. Exactly what he races for in the first movie. Exactly. Too large. Yeah, I was, I, yeah. if I had to guess without thinking about why you were asking it, I would have guessed based on the jimmy's records and tapes and just based on gut i would have said probably like 1500 then i realized the reason you're asking is probably because there's a number that's sort of like the just the, the going rate for a street race according to some online
1: calculator i found it's like 1970 dollars or something you know what yeah. i mean like something like it's close it's very close to that i just want to just bring this up because i fucking love this i had to replay the scene for Like at least 15 times and turned on subtitles. And I was like, I'm leaving subtitles on after this. The first guy that he goes to race, right? He like meets the guy with like the the hot rod and he's like this is like a pretty clean machine the things that he's saying aren't very aggressive but the guy's coming back at him very aggressive you know Mm -hmm. he's like it's clean enough and he's like okay he drops like one of the most badass lines i've ever heard in a movie i'll race you at like 50 and he's like make it three yards motherfucker and we'll have an automobile race and i was like Mm -hmm. whoa like he was so passive the whole time and like as soon as he says he wants to race for money he just like drops it on him and like gets in his car i was like like, oh, three yards, three yards, motherfucker. That was like probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen somebody do in real life, like in a movie even. Yeah. Like, it's just so badass. Like, it, it, I was like, I, I, I got taken aback by how cool it was that I was like, damn, I don't think I could ever do something that cool. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, I got like shocked by his coolness. It was like, you know, you're staring into the sun or something like I'd like, wow. So, yeah. So I brought
0: it back and I like that's that's a very fucking cool line. Yeah, and that's I, some, uh, again, that's some driver shit, right? And Just like, oh no, like, yeah! I'm about to fuck your shit up with a hammer. Just like, you know, I'm not going to flex, but uh, when when it's time, look out. <laughs> I will flex, yep. and I'm carrying a big stick.
1: Yeah. Those were uh, the most of the fast connections. We talked about the other ones, like Race Wars and stuff like that. Oh,
0: so. one quote that I did write down while we're talking about quotes that we <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> when they're at the gas station, when they finally, like, when GTO and Driver Mechanic talk for the first time, GTO's like, you know, you probably saw my car everywhere. Like, you know, I don't see a lot of cars like yours, but you probably see, you like, you know my car. They're just like, there's a lot of cars that look like yours, man. Like, just, you know, there's a lot of cars on the road that look like yours. It's just like, you're not special. Like, you just bought, basically, you bought, like, a you bought a GTA. yeah you bought a Tesla, cool, like, you're rich, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, nice car, yeah, but, like, what are you doing with it? And then they later clown him about how he did nothing.
1: He's like, this fucking carburetor, shit, man, like, you might want to rebuild that. And, like, when he, like, looks at him, he's like, yeah, like, before the, you could, you could never go fast enough, when he's like, if you put, like, some money into this, this thing
0: would fucking go, and he's like, no. No. It's fast enough. One connection, not a fast connection, but a almost a Ford V Ferrari connection is that when they first start the race to DC, right? The mechanic says to the driver, he's just like, you know, I can spell you, like if you need to take a break like you need to sleep, like we need to go in shifts. And I was like, ooh, driving the shift's just, like, uh, at the race, right? And then driver's just like, oh, no, I'm good, I got this. It's just like, oh, okay, like, you're like we don't really, I don't know we know where they start, but, like, they're starting, like, out, and, like, they pick Bird up in Flagstaff, right? So, like, they're driving, yes. like, literally cross-country. He's just like, no, man, I got this.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's not how drive. it shakes out,
0: obviously, because they just, like, they sleep and they, you know, go, they just have, like, relaxing meals at diners and stuff like that, because, like, they're not worried about it. But I just like that driver's, like... No, I got this. Like, this is me. I I got it. They're nonchalant about beating this guy. But at the same time,
1: I think the guy knows that he was beaten. Like, he's given up. In the sense that, like, he picks up those, like, army dudes and he's like, yeah, I'm going to New York City. Like, he doesn't tell them he's, like, stopping at D.C. He tells them he's going to New York. So, like, he's kind of given up on the idea that he... He got enough of the stories out of them to be happy and content with what happened. Because they're like, yeah, we're going to go to D.C. We're going to get these fucking titles. And then we're going to Florida. And he's like... I'm going to go to New York (laughs) because, like, I'm just out. And they're like, okay, cool, whatever.
0: And maybe that's personal growth. Maybe that's, like, him not being a total annoying asshole. It's like he finally realizes, like, you know, I could just go there because they're not going to go. They're not going to rush to get there. Like, I could beat them there and I could get the title but like what I'm like I'm just gonna you know but they're faster like yeah. they
1: are faster they are cooler they're the real winners of this
0: yep. no matter what that's the ending that I have in my head I can see it I don't think I have any more notes like I only took like eight notes and like I basically stopped you know 40 minutes into the... like I watched like a half of it last night and then I went to bed and I woke watched the other half this morning and like this morning I like, didn't take any notes I was just like no I'm just gonna watch this and enjoy it and then you know, I was reading all about it on Wiki and on IMDb and stuff like that. So
1: I got through everything I wanted to talk about. Obviously, the movie has a ton of cool cars, and I was like spotting a bunch of those. Like there was like the Dodge Daytona right in the front of it. Dom has a Dodge Daytona at some point in Fast and the Furious. All the themes and the fast-nexions and, and thoughts and feelings I had about the movie, I've, I think I've already gotten out.
0: Cool. Any other thoughts about anything on this episode, or do you want to wrap it up and uh, look ahead to Miami and Too Fast, Too Furious next week?
1: It was a great movie. I actually really liked the pick. Yeah, thank, thank you, ben. you, Ben. Thank you, Ben, ben for, pointing for picking it. For
0: picking it. it for, yeah, for, for A, for supporting us, and B, for picking it. Yeah,
1: no, I really enjoyed it. This is, uh, the only thing that I regret today is that I didn't get a chance to call my father and ask him if he's seen this movie before I watched it. My dad's dream car is a GTO judge. He wants, like, a, like the orange GTO judge. Yeah. But I don't know that
0: this is this type of movie.
1: I feel like this is a movie that my dad could have seen because, like, my uncle would have, like, been watching yeah. it. But, I mean, there's it's never on TV. It wasn't a movie, right? right? yeah, yeah. So maybe he never did see it. I don't think he would have watched it, like, post- 70. Right, but he could have seen it like first run if he knew about it. Yeah. No, I guess he would have been really young. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's both like a blue collar movie, but then also like a hippie movie. It's arty. Like, so I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know how you, like, aside from the fact that they just didn't, like, I don't know how you market this. Like, I guess it's just like, because I think to a certain extent, American Graffiti is kind of the same vibe ish. Easy Rider is kind of the same vibe ish. Like yeah. vanishing point of similar themes and topics and things ish. Each of those has like a marketing hook that you can sell. Like this is just like what? Like it, this almost feels yeah. like a kind of like a grindhousey like, and not grindhousey in like the Tarantino, like just like the hyper violent or whatever, but like in the cheap movies that we're gonna throw and, like you're gonna just pay a couple bucks to see like three movies and this is one of them it's more than that I think but like I don't know how you market a movie like this because like it feels and I think this kind of goes back to I guess what Rachel Linklater was saying again it feels like a movie that's like fuck you try to market me and it's like I'm gonna make yeah. a movie okay you don't want a half it. hour version here's an hour 45 like with eight minutes of plot like good luck have, yeah. have fun with it
1: it's weird like if somebody was like describe this movie or try to make a tagline for it it would be like on the road You know what I mean? Like,
0: what do you say besides that? I don't get it. But it's not even like on the road, like in the beat poets, like the Jack Kerouac sense, because they're like, you know, they're loving and learning and living life and like discovering things about themselves and about the world. Like these guys feel like they have no interest in that. They're just like, we know what we need to know. We're going to make money to keep going. Like there's, they they don't really have like a, they don't have a need or a want. They're just like, we're going to keep going. They don't really have like a, like there's no goal for them.
1: It's not like an con They're not like when we get to New York, like that's our Mexico or whatever, you know? But like, no, it's just, they just want to go.
0: And I feel like that's why, like, this movie, like, if you were like, this is my favorite movie of all time, not you, but like anybody, like, my favorite movie of all time, or like, I hate this movie, like, I can understand anyone's reaction to this because, like, same. Again, so singularly itself that whatever you feel about it, it's like, yeah, I get it. That's valid. That's a that's a fair reading of this movie that because it's, it's not like anything else. Like I am th- sure that there are like grind movies which are just like cars and like to a certain extent like Vanishing Point. But like even that like Vanishing Point is a plot. Like he's doing something for a reason as opposed to just like alright fine like let's race guy. Like whatever. Like because yeah the stakes in this like they don't care. And he doesn't really care. Like by the end, like <laughs> no. they don't
1: care. The only like part that there's any tension in is that he could possibly lose the tools because he's like racing a vet and like all they got is the tools but also feels like like
0: they wouldn't it feels like kind of that they probably every time they run out of money they put the tools up and like they haven't lost the tools yet you know what I mean so like I think they're pretty confident they're confident enough and I think that they would also be the kind of guys that like if we lose the tools we shouldn't have even had the tools in the first place right like if we're not good enough at driving or tuning what are we doing
1: like our time is up we're burnt out like that's it
0: all right like I said next week two. Too Fast, Too Furious, in theory, hopefully, unless something goes wrong, with Nate Milton of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show over on Post Wrestling. Come check that out. You know, this weekend, go check out, or whenever, go check out Bloodshot. We will do an episode about that later this month at some point. So go check out Bloodshot. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me shout out to everybody who wrote it including new listener Jerry thank you so much for writing yeah, thank you buddy family at cageclub.me check out our patreon page at toofast2forever.com or patreon.com slash toofast2forever and if you do support us over there make sure you vote in the poll to help us pick between American Graffiti Death Race 2000 the original Gone in 60 Seconds and Vanishing Point for our final pit stop this lap, and come back next week for Too Fast, Too Furious, lap six. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out, you anus piecers.